Hey guys, welcome back to the All In Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Carlos Reyes. This is season number two, and we are just going to continue to bring you episode after episode with powerful, amazing, knowledgeable speakers, people that are experts in their craft. And speaking of that, today I have a special, special treat for you. Today we're gonna teach you how you can make a whole bunch of money and not waste a whole bunch of marketing dollars because I'm sitting next to, nonetheless, some of the best closers in the country, the wolf of closing himself, born closer himself, Mr. Andy Garcia, Adrian Salgado. Welcome to the show, fellas. What's going on? Woo! Oh yeah, we're excited Woo! to be here. We're excited <laughs> to give everybody a game. Uh, and uh, I think just for starters, right? Those of you guys who don't know me, we represent this closers only. Hey, we make the money. That's what we're in charge of. Let's here. go, baby. No sale, no scale. No sale, no scale. No right. sale, no scale. So, guys, listen. You know, we've had a lot of amazing special guests, and I'm talking to the audience here because I really want them to be attentive during this segment, right? We've had Grant Cardone, Charlie Rocket, you know, we've had uh, Clever Investor, Cody Spurs. I mean, we've had some amazing individuals here and everybody has brought something to the table, right? Uh, I feel like this specific episode, I think people can walk away from here and uh, start making some money because I've seen you guys do it firsthand across the country. Not only like you guys closing deals and your sales teams closing deals, but you guys training some multi-million dollar uh, figure companies and you know their their owners, their CEOs, and then you know their acquisition reps. I've seen what you guys have done in the industry and that's why you guys have the respect. Like you guys didn't get the respect because you closed a bunch of deals. I think you guys started getting the respect because you helped a bunch of other people start you know getting getting them closer to their goals and dreams you know what i mean yeah, yeah absolutely and i definitely uh want this to be you know something that's somebody can jump on this podcast watch it later and grab some tangible information that actually help change their lives as soon as today right as as long as you apply that the information that we're going to share with you you know that's the only reason that anybody ever fails realistically that we teach or that we coach is because maybe they're just not putting the effort in right mm. and that's something that you were that you kind of focused on this past weekend in vegas right it was just not applying yourself or not putting in the effort and yeah i think uh the great thing about this whole episode that we're doing today is that uh somebody watching this right now is literally going to finish this podcast and they're going to go make some money you want to know why because that's what we do mm. we create revenue for people and it's not me and adrian just like hyping ourselves up like it's on paper you know, we just we just had some students. We had a company that we trained, 800 grand in escrow. I just got a DM yesterday. Hey, Andy, I just closed my my first 20k deal. And me and Adrian, we pride ourselves on helping people with uh, two specific metrics. Number one, closing the most deals that you've ever closed uh, in a month. And number two, getting the biggest, sexiest deal that you've done in your career. Because um, I mean, let's just be honest, guys. It's like. And Carlos, I know you, you can speak on this early on, right? When we first started, you know, 5K deal got us excited, you know? It was like, hell yeah, we made 5K. And then it was like a 10K deal. Yeah, we made 10K, amazing, right? But, you know, as you start to close these small deals, you're like, shit, I mean, this is paying for overhead. It's not really changing my life. Absolutely. You know, when you start to get these 70K deals, $100,000 deals, you know, that's when you really have a true impact on your personal life, on your family, on your business, mm. and uh, you're able to scale, like, to a whole different level. Just today? What's today, Sunday? 
no. uh, you are preaching my brother <laughs> I, oh yeah let's go let's go he's right though right uh the first deal that i ever actually churned over like my first ever wholesale deal were you were you around that yeah, time i actually I think were I you thought... already part of the family Yo, yeah, I was definitely part of the family. Yeah. Not part of the all-in family or part of the national cabinet. You're part of the family family. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but he is my my brother-in-law. And uh, unfortunately, right? No, I'm just joking, man. I Actually, I'm very blessed to have a great brother-in-law, thank God, and who's become a, a brother and a best friend to me. So uh, let me just say this. Um, I remember, right, you know, I didn't know anything about real estate when I got going. I read yeah. a $10 book. I saw Cody Spur around Periscope. I think I, I had never even been to a Sean Terry event. You know what I mean? I didn't even know who Sean Terry was, right? I knew mm -hmm. Nick Reese and Cody Sperber. Right. Um, but, you know, that book told me to start putting out a bunch of bandit signs, and I did, Yep. right? And the one thing that saved my life, the one thing that was the catalyst of everything that you see, right? Obviously, you guys have become a big part of this, and you guys have built, you guys have helped build this and when I say guys, when I'm saying this entire thing, we 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 actually own a ten thousand square foot building. You know, uh, glory to God. Like we own our building. Like this is our studio that we're broadcasting from. You know, what I mean, like how beautiful and amazing is that, right? Like Amen. this is awesome. our building. This is our soil, right? And um, the one thing that saved me, man, was I knew how to talk to people. Ooh, yep. You know, that's it. I don't know nothing. I locked the I locked the deal up way too high. <laughs> I didn't know how to run comps. Right, I don't know how to run comps. I don't know nothing about uh, rehab. I don't know nothing about buyers. I knew how to talk to people. I, the The book told me to go put out a hundred bandit signs every single every single weekend. By the way, mm -hmm. it didn't say like fifty or a thousand. I said, "Hey, go put out a hundred. I'm like, "Okay," you know. I'm like, "Oh, hundred. Okay, well, let me just do that." Right? Were you around when yeah, I was putting I, out bandit I, yeah, signs? Yeah, I helped you pick some up a couple times. Did you? Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Everybody thought I was crazy, right? Yeah, I thought you were crazy. People always, like, my whole family <laughs> always thought I was crazy because I, I was always doing something that just didn't make any sense. You know I was just I mean? glad you didn't ask me to help. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, I asked a lot of people to help, and they didn't want to help. And at some point, I was even willing to pay them 50 bucks. Like, hey, man, can you just drive me around, blah, blah, blah. But nonetheless, this is what happened. I got a phone call from a, a Hispanic lady in West Phoenix. Yeah. She was a, uh, what would you call that when the landlord just, she was a distressed landlord, right? Mm -hmm. Distressed landlord. She's like, I don't want to deal with like renewals and, and maintenance. And she's like, we're ready to just sell this thing, right? We're ready to sell this, yeah. this, this rental. And I didn't know what I was doing, but man, I knew, how, I knew how to talk to her. I knew how to like build rapport with her. I knew how, oh, you're going to Dallas? Like she was on her way to Dallas, right? And I'm like, oh, what are you, you know, what are you going to Dallas for? I love, I, I, go, I love Dallas. I'm a Cowboys fan and blah, blah, blah. You know, I build rapport. I made yeah. a friend. She remembered that because I, I, I would have to say I wasn't the only bandit sign that she might have called. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I resonated and connected with her the most. And then I converted that, you know, that bandit sign lead into a deal. And I made $5,000. $5,000 didn't change my life. Actually, it did change my life. It changed, right? It, I don't think proof of concept. Yeah, that's what it yeah. is. I don't think it, it was the it, money that changed the, your life. It was the proof. The of proof cost. of concept and something click, right? Because at that point, I was probably making anywhere from three to four thousand dollars a month. I made five thousand dollars for just being able to talk to someone mm -hmm. yeah. and being able to solve an, a problem, right? And then that was the catalyst to everything else, like the rest everything is else history. that we built, right? Everything yeah. is history. So, is sales important? Absolutely. Uh, and I think really just for starters, right, there's probably a lot of people watching this who are like, yep. well, you know, I'm scared to talk to people. I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know what to talk about. You know, I guarantee you everybody at this table at one point or another 
sounded really freaking dumb on the phones at one point. Love it. We didn't know what we were talking about. But you know what we did know? That we wanted to be successful. Boom. We know that we wanted to close deals. Yep. We know that we wanted to have an impact and change our family's life, right? And, you know, when the, when the when the desire to want to change your life is greater than any fear of sounding dumb on the phones mm. is, is bigger than that, like, there's no way you can fail. Uh, and I really just want everybody on here to take action. Make phone calls. That's the only way you will get deals. You know, because you can put out marketing. You can go out and put out these bandit signs, right? Or depending on where you're at in your business, maybe you're advertising advertising uh, on Google. But, you know, if you're afraid to call these people, if you don't feel like you can close absolutely anybody at any given moment, at any given point, then guess what? You need to keep watching. Because uh, that's something that me and Adrian, again, like this is why you're, you're listening to us right now is because we truly mastered the ability to communicate with the homeowner. And, and me and Adrian, we're not scripted, by the way. Not at all. And that's, that's another thing that I wanted to emphasize on is, you know, we have no sales background. Myself and Andy, we had zero sales background. I mean, Carlos had customer service background. But what I learned when I joined the team with Carlos is he didn't give me a course to study. He didn't sit me down and tell me, hey, this is how we run comps. All he said was, follow me, right? Follow me. And so I did. Shout on me. Yeah. And so we went to appointments. We went, I heard him talk on the phone. You know, I was literally stuck to his hip every single day just trying to figure this shit out and all i kept rem remembering every single time we would leave a property or we would end up uh, end a phone call was just the conversation that he was having with these people yeah. right i was like it doesn't sound like he's trying to sell anything mm -mm. it just sounds like he's having a conversation with these people he makes the connection and all of a sudden these people just start to spill out their entire problems their entire life story right and all we have to do at that point is just gather the information find a solution and then present them with the purchase agreement. People sign without even uh, signing the purchase or reading the purchase agreement in some cases. Dude, I remember, guys, I remember the first time I made phone calls, right? Uh, Alex, Carlos, and Sally went to a real estate event. And, you know, these guys came back on fire. Like, you know, it's time to dominate our market. It's time to start making money. And sure enough, we did exactly what we said we were going to do. But I remember Alex coming home and saying, he was like, hey, Andy, I have this master idea. Uh, he said, we're starting a company. And you're going to take over the entire sales operation. And I said, well, shoot, that sounds good to me. Let's do it. What do I need to do? He's like, well, you're going to talk to absolutely every single lead that comes our way. I'm going to hop on the, I'm going to hop off the phones and focus on bigger and better things. And I remember this was all my training, by the way. By the way, yeah, was this, was this when you guys were in Alex's apartment? Yeah, you popped up once when you said I wasn't a good fit. Ouch. I did uh, not say that. Early, did. very early on. Very, <laughs> but that, not the point. So anyhow, everyone, this <laughs> yeah. is... Why, were you terrible? Oh, yeah, bro. You remember I was really introverted. I was really shy. And rightfully so. I mean, you know, anybody else Were you that still working at, my, uh, at Domino's? I was working at a, at a call center at that point. That okay. Time. But, um, you know, I remember, guys, and if you're an introvert, you really <laughs> just have to snap out of it. Uh, there's no other way to do it because you're going to be communicating with sellers all the time. You can't be shy. And something I learned from Carlos, this has always stuck with me, that actually got me out of that mindset was shy people don't get rich. You know, and uh, at is. that point, I decided there like, it is. I can't be shy. I can't be, you know, I have to change if I want to continue evolving in my position. But I back to the story, Alex was like, you're going to take over. I said, OK, just show me what to do. No lie. Alex picks up the phone. He calls one lead, just one lead. And it wasn't even a deal. Like, did the you just run? Was, like, you oh, were like, ah! conversation, conversation was five minutes. Right. And uh, I was like, OK, that was a great call. Let me see you do it again. 
And he said, no, it's your turn. And I was like, oh, like, like that? He's like, yeah, it's your Palms turn. Palms were it's sweaty. Just, you were about to were throw sweaty, on mom's spaghetti. Literally, like, bro. What was and, happening? Uh, and I was like, no, come on, bro. Stop doing it. And, I, and I'll, I'll never forget these words. He said, Andy, stop being a little bitch. You need to produce revenue. We're going to make a lot of money. You oh can't be goodness. afraid to be on the phones. And you know what? I remember I got mad at him. I'm like, he called me a fucking bitch. I'm going to get on the phone. Excuse my French. And, uh, you know, I remember I just went back to my little corner of his apartment, and I just started dialing my ass off. And uh, sure enough, everyone, you know, you pick up the phone enough times, you're going to make money. And that's the amazing thing about our business is, like, it only takes one phone call to make $20,000 on a deal, $40,000 on a deal, $60,000 on a deal. I love it. But can you handle the rejection? Is a real question. I yeah. love it. So hold on. You guys are going straight to the sauce. Like true, we're supposed true. to actually, I got a whole agenda for this <sighs> podcast. Right, we're just passionate about this. I know man. you guys and are the like, passions, the passions, I love it though. The passion has never died for us. Right. And that's what actually got us to where we're at mm. now is when Andy and I, cause we both kind of started our journey at the same time. Um, but it was, I mean, we got addicted man. we were like real estate addicts where Everything Absolutely. that we thought about, talked about, you know, dreamt about was real estate related on how we can acquire more real estate, how we can get rich off of real estate, what it's going to look like when we're rich through real estate. Like, that's the only thing I could fucking think about for the longest, even still to this day. Right. I don't know about you guys. We're, we're not. We're, we definitely are not doing this. You, you, this is, you know what I love about you guys? You guys see the bigger picture. Yeah, Let me hold on. Yeah. Ready? Ready? Were you there when I said, when I was talking to my, my boy, uh, Donnie Ruffin yesterday? And I said, hey, people come, people go, right? Um, I can speak for me and Sal, right? Because I'm sure Alex has a great, like, I see it now. I see the five-year picture. Like, I see a three-year picture, five-year picture, 10-year picture. Me and Sal's goal, and you can ask him, hey, what is you and Sal's goal? Uh, what is you and Carlos's goal? 100 million in the next three years. Oh, my God. That's what our goal is. He said five years. I said three years. 100 million in the next five, uh, three years. That's what that's what I'm shooting for, right? So let that's me ask y'all this. Huge. Let me ask y'all this. When there's a hundred million dollars in the company, what is that? What's that? What's that going to happen to some of the people in the company? What does that do? Andy and Sal got eat. We eat. <laughs> we grow. But guess what? Guess what? And and I don't you know and that's what I love about you guys man like you guys are loyal to the soil like the all in on you know, the all in nation soil right because listen listen can you guys go do your own thing right now yeah absolutely yeah. we get poached all the time absolutely you can go do your own thing if you guys wanted to you can go sell Amazon stores you can go sell crypto or w whatever the kids have going on out there these <laughs> days right but let me just say this right and I can too. I can too. I can diversify right now. But the fact of the matter is, I said, you know what? Sal's right. Why am I going to occupy like, like I got this three-year goal of a hundred million dollars. And then it's like, oh, Amazon stores, you can make, you know, uh, a few mil here, uh, uh, crypto. You can, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure again, if, if your capacity allows it for you to delegate some of that, do it. Yeah. Right. And if your risk tolerance is there, do it. But I am never again going to take my eye off that three-year vision. Mm -hmm. You does that is that making any sense to you guys? Right? Yeah, you got all these little things that are coming shiny your way, objects. and you're like, oh, 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 oh. But you're like, you know what? I'm gonna sacrifice the now for the later. Right? right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna sacrifice these crumbs for the full course meal. Mm. You see, that's I didn't Sal. By the way, people don't think people think that I'm the visionary, right? Like. Sal's a Sal's visionary amazing. too. You guys know that. Like Sal hired me, you didn't. 
Yeah, because you're a family. Yeah. I, I don't like to it, hire right? friends and family. Think about so, that. Uh, it's one of the, <laughs> I know. So Sal's a visionary, and, and Sal's like, Carlos, listen, man, I know you can. You, you, we can sell a couple of Amazon stores and make a few mil, and you can do this, and you can do that. But what about, you know, again, real estate, education, software, right? That's where the $100 million is coming. And I just want to give you guys your flowers, you know, and I'm always going to give God willing your flowers, right? While you're alive and breathing, right? And conscious because you guys are sticking it out with us, man, you know? And I know for a fact that it's like, if there's a hundred million dollars in the company, I know there's at least 10 million here and 10 million here somewhere. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you know what the minimum, great, me, man. Me and Adrian, we're not, don't get me wrong. You know, finances are important, <laughs> right? Everybody needs to make money, but uh, that has never been mine and Adrian's, uh, you know, big picture. Like, um, let's get rich right now. Yeah. You know? And you're right. We are your driving force. We're, we're, we, yeah, exactly. We've always been extremely loyal. If you're in acquisitions and you're watching this, or maybe you're thinking about bringing on new people, you know, I guarantee you that me and Adrian, and I, it's not a guarantee. I know that this is what happened early on. We're working for free. You want to know why? Because we believed in the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. You know, Donnie, Ruff, about Donnie Ruffin, Ruffin says he loves you guys and loves. I love. I love Donnie. Donnie love too, you, Don. Yeah. Congratulations on the baby boy, man. Shout Congratulations, out baby, Knox. baby. Yeah, <laughs> baby Knox, man. Yeah. Beautiful yeah, kid. Yeah, bro. And see, and that's and as our leaders, honestly, guys, like we wouldn't be here if it wasn't uh, because uh, the amazing leaders that we have. Like you're talking about a hundred million now. Is you know. Five six years ago, we we're only dreaming about making a million dollars a year. Yeah, that you know, that don't if, even if pay the not, bills these days. If, if you're not if you're not instilling the bigger picture into your people that you want to build with long term, guess what? They're gonna leave, right? And you have to make sure that when you find good talent, when you find good people, you know that you let them know, hey, you know, you're a valuable part of our company. Mm. We want to build together. Back mm. to back to the topic, right? Mm. It starts with the sale. In order to build your company, in order to hire the right people, you have to sell the vision to those people that you're interviewing. Facts. I love right? it. You have to sell the vision to those people that are interviewing. These guys sold me the dream. And guess what? I'm living the dream. They saw a lot more than I did for myself. And I'm trying to sell you my house. And that we I really, about, I really we am trying to sell them my night, house. Right? We that. talked I about really that sick. last night. And so, I mean, yeah, I would love to buy your house. But I can put, <laughs> I can put, it, I can put it simple, right? You know, um, Michael Jordan... Kobe Bryant, even, I hate to do this, but LeBron James, you can lump him in Why there. do you hate to do but, it, man? What's wrong with LeBron? Know, even though I'm a Jordan, couple, couple I'm a Jordan fan, that's by a, the way. I'm exactly, a that's a different topic for conversation. But all three of these guys were so good at what they did, right? Yep. They made a lot of money early on in their career. Mm -hmm. They could have easily went and tried to petition to buy a, create their own team in a different market, right? Mm -hmm. They could go buy their own team in a different market. Mm -hmm. But... Instead, they knew, okay, I don't need to go anywhere else to see that. Oh, I know where picture. you're headed. I know right? where you're headed. I don't headed. need to see that bigger picture. I just need the right person coaching me. Mm -hmm. Right? Phil Jackson did it for Kobe and Michael. Yeah. Right? So they just played their role. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to become owners. They just wanted to take the business, the company, the team to much higher levels. And and look how they ended up. And look at how loyal they were. Right? No, look how they ended up. Exactly. Like, look at, Goals. like, Michael Jordan, billionaire. Braun probably gonna be a billionaire soon, right? Like Kobe, billionaire. I think he just sold um, one of his. I think uh, what was it? Um, the, the 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 body armor drinks. Body armor yeah. drinks for a few hundred mil or something. Million. Exactly Very right. Million. So again, they 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 stuck it out, man. That that took over a decade. See, see that that's the problem with people today. Yep. They don't have. I want Patience. you guys to start thinking of that that three year, five year, ten year goal, right? Not not like. 
the oh what's this month like that's cool you know because what we'll do is we'll break that three-year goal into months and then into weeks and then into days whatever right but the fact of the matter is i want you guys to have that big macro vision you know yeah everybody everybody in the industry everybody out there that's entrepreneurs where they focused on how much money can i make right now this and how quickly right. can i make it this that's month. it and then that never that never goes anywhere man like you know, Andy Frisella, you got to see him this weekend and like you were in the back in the green room with him, right? Yeah. Bro, this dude's a badass. Yeah. Right? Andy's a badass. And guess what? I think he said he twelve years or something, he made fifty thousand in like twelve years on his business. Yeah. Right? He said, I could have went to McDonald's and worked and made more money than I did for first form. Crazy. His company's worth over four billion dollars now. That's insane. You see, but that's he had a ten year vision. Yes. You know what I mean? That's what I want you guys to, as leaders, to start looking at. Like, no more like monthly vision and no, I'm, I'm doing boom, 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 right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, let's stick to the agenda. <clears throat> in a, in two to five minutes, give me your story, brother. Give me the background story, your upbringing, you know, where you were born, how you grew up, you know, what kind of programming you had, and then, uh, and then you know, we'll get his, and then we'll actually get to what got you into sales and then what got you into sales you know what i mean so give yeah, me sure your thing. upbringing real quick yeah so me growing up um you know i have uh, i have a lot of siblings i have five siblings there's six of us and then mom and dad of course your mom and dad uh did they have cable in the house or were they kind of oh, like no, heavily busy. in love doing other stuff you know as you <laughs> how many tell. rooms did you guys have in the house dude and that's where i'm that's where i'm okay. headed you okay. know it's like you know i didn't have an upbringing where you know i knew i knew about entrepreneurship i didn't know about being successful nobody in my family has ever been successful mm. and you know there was a point in time where my dad was doing good right and mm -hmm. i thought he was rich at the time he was making ten thousand dollars a month you know and he had a supportive family ten thousand a month yeah he he was doing really well at the time that's amazing yeah ten, but keep in mind he has six kids you know okay that's a lot of kids bro. my mom made 825 an hour and she had three kids you're over here talking about ten thousand dollars i'm six foot five 295 pounds you ate a lot come on now and he's not the biggest and I, so so i, I am oh, yeah, i am but uh no with that said you know it was it was really just i was stuck in a place where i just didn't know that anybody can be successful like uh when i got into high school literally my goal and my vision was to become a teacher i want to be specifically a senior english teacher you know and that's how low my goals were, you know, like I never dreamed about wow. being successful. You are never... teaching these days. Exactly. Though. It's funny how, you know, things come yeah, full, you are full teaching circle. These but days. Uh, back in 2008, my dad, he bought this $500,000 home. He was killing it. Uh, we did really, really well, actually right before the crash. And uh, literally, I remember we moved in, right? Big old house. And within a two month period, uh, he had a few properties. All they, they all got foreclosed on. Jesus. Um, he lost his he lost his company. And we were in this big old house with no furniture. I mean, we didn't even have a dining table. We didn't have couches. Like literally every room had a bed and we just had this huge house with only beds. We didn't have anything. And um, we ended up downgrading from that into a three bedroom house. And you gotta think about an eight person family in a three bedroom house. Mm -hmm. Like everybody was sharing rooms. I actually slept on the couch for a few years. And this is the type of conditioning that I was brought up with. Money was uncomfortable, right? Like my parents were always fighting about money. You know, there was always a lack thereof of certain things, you know, family was always helping us. Um, and really what, what happened for me was I graduated high school. And uh, I remember I, I, I started working at this call center and I was saving up money to try to go to college, be, be an English teacher. Right. And, you know, Alex got started into real estate. I've known Alex since we were five years old for everybody watching. And um, I remember he told me, he's like, hey, 
uh, I'm getting started into real estate. I can make money. At this point, he hadn't made a dollar. I was caught in the wrong pl- in the right place with the wrong mindset, mm. as they say. You know, I like that old saying. And and I was early, and I was like, dude, like you're crazy. You know, I'm over here making fifteen hundred dollars every two weeks, and you're not making any money. And you're, you're crushing about, it. You're, no, he wasn't. No, crushing you're it. crushing yeah, it. Yeah, I was crushing yeah. it, right? Yeah. And uh, I remember when he got his first check. I was one of the naysayers, but luckily, you know, Alex has always been my brother, so I never had that shame of like going to him and saying you were right, I was, I was wrong. And I remember I went up to him. I said exactly that. You were right. I was wrong. Let's run it. You know, I said, I said, how can I, how can I serve you? I said, how can I, I said, how can you teach me what you're doing? Because mm. I've never seen anybody make as much money as you're making. And he had his, he closed like his first thirty thousand dollar deal. Um, at like 18 or something 18, right yep. yeah so he said he said read this book and he gave me a book by sean terry which i read that same exact day what is it called i don't know i don't remember the name of the book i didn't even know sean terry had a book it was, it was a small read it was a short read okay and uh he said read this and hit me up when you're done with it and i read it that same day and i said hey i'm done with it he said wow you're done with it he's like people ask me all the time what i'm doing and how they can get started and i give them this book and they never read it yeah and i said well i'm serious i said what's next he said, meet me at Chipotle tomorrow at 5 p.m. So we met for lunch, and uh, he had, like, this stack of pre-foreclosures uh, that had already been foreclosed on, by the way. <laughs> so they were dead leads. Uh, and he said, you're going to door knock these every single day. Talk about practice. And I said, I said, hell yeah. I said, okay. I said, I work right now. I said, I'm going to go part-time, and after work every single day, I'm going to drive for dollars, and I'm going to door knock these, these leads. And I did that for about three months, you know, three, three to six months. And uh, – you know, we ended up landing our first deal. We ended up landing our first deal, and I never looked back. But for me, like, honestly, you, you, Carlos, or Carlos, Alex, and Sally, you guys changed my life, bro. Like, I don't think you guys understand where I was headed. Like, I was going to be a weak-ass English teacher. Whoa, know? whoa, whoa. Respectfully. Respectfully. Much <laughs> love to all the teachers out there because no, they are. The youth, they, uh, but I get, I get what you're saying, <laughs> you brother. Know, I get like, what you're I saying. Mean, Thank yeah, you. It, like, it just, you know, I didn't have any. I didn't have any vision. You just like, didn't just know any better. Survive. You didn't know any better. Survive. Yeah, you're programming. Sorry, teachers. You guys are great. I wanted to be you at one point. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we love you guys. And no, obviously, it's not even about that. I mean, it's like, I totally understand where you're coming from. Well, we just don't know, like, especially as minorities, right? Like, yeah, these right. things aren't taught to us, man. You know, like, we're taught to work hard and survive. That's it. Like, yeah. literally, work hard, survive. You know, we, no one teaches us about financial literacy. No one teaches no, us about, you know, wealth generation. No one teaches about teaches about like, you know, generational curses, how we can actually improve the next generation, right? You know, that's coming up right under us. Nobody teaches us that stuff, man. And that's why it's so powerful that we're out there actually being a light to the world, you know, and actually bringing some awareness to not only our community and the Latino slash Hispanic communities, right? Yeah. But just in general, just shining our light in the world, you know, because nobody teaches us this stuff. So you definitely didn't have the uh, the programming. You didn't have the programming. Oh, no way. No way. I mean, I, it was funny because at one point, right, when I was like, when I had this job and I was making $1,500 every two weeks, mm-hmm. I remember thinking like. You're balling. Yeah. <laughs> see, in a sense, you know, I was living with my parents and I was thinking like, you know, how this does This is at a anyone- call center? Yeah, that's when I was. I went what, from what, Domino's to the call okay, center. Okay, what did uh, at the call center like? What specifically were your responsibilities? I was like, uh, scheduling uh, trans, uh, medical transportation. Scheduling medical transportation. Yeah, so it taught me how to speak to people on the phone, and I would never scheduling. Re- medical I would never. Transportation. Yeah, I would never take back that time that I did yeah, yeah, there because yeah, yeah. it taught me how to kind of navigate oh, by the way, through the before through the we go there, right? Before we go there, isn't that amazing? That you know the things that we look back on, you're like. 
you you have no regrets, right? No, you know why? I know what you're gonna say, and and I've said this. Remember in California when you were beachside, and I finally just like said, man, I I, I love myself, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Like no regrets because everything that you went through got you exactly yep. where you are right now, exactly. right? So that makes no mistakes. No, absolutely not. Like if you didn't work for a call center, like who knows if you would be the, you know, the person you are today and, and you guys are still growing and you know, like we're still growing. So everybody around us has to grow, you know, you and know? it also, it, it also showed me the life that I didn't want to live, you know, and that's also what I'm so grateful about my time is like, you know, while I was working there, you know, I remember, I remember, you know, like vacations, they were two days, they were two days long. You mm -hmm. know, I would get out of work on Friday, leave on Friday, you know, be out Saturday and get back on Sunday and going into work miserable. Like, oh, uh, you know, I just had a great time. Now I got to clock in. Now I got to. I, I could never do that ever again. Well, I could never, never do that again. Bro, <laughs> never, come on. Ever. Come what? on. We will never like going on vacations on. Weekends. I will. I will go. I will move to, uh, I don't know, uh, Costa Rica or something and start some crazy become the I'll number sell coconuts. Right? Like, I'll sell coconuts. I'll sell bro. oranges, man. You know, <laughs> right. I can never do that again. But let me um, what we were. I was going to say something else. Yes. Uh, I was talking to Donnie Ruffin yesterday because you, you, you kind of just triggered something. Right. And we were talking about some of the people that have kind of come and gone. And we were like, you know what, people, people enter your life, you know, they're either enter your life for a reason, a season yeah. or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've noticed from my personal experience is the only time that people don't stick around for a lifetime is because you outgrow them. They don't continue to grow with you. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's how people filter themselves out. Which is a very crazy, crazy thing, right? right? Like, it if you is. think about it, you're like... And it's true. It, you're like, damn, like, you know, like, much love. I still, I mean, you, you just saw, I called, like, some of my neighborhood friends, and I'm like, man, I'm showing up, I'm playing football with you, you know, like, right? Like, you know, that's where I grew up. Like, I'm not going to say that I'm ever going to forget where I come from or act like anything. But you've but, outgrown But them. I have outgrown a lot of people. Therefore, not in a we bad don't really way. have, yeah. you know, we don't really have uh, communication like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? So, But some um, of those guys are actually starting to catch on to what you're they doing. Are. And they now are. they're starting they to are. And they're, they're, they're starting to kill it. And they're that, starting to kill yeah, it. Yeah, and that's, I mean. That's a beautiful thing. Just just even, even not even in real estate, right? Um, like is, right? Running his, his own, running his own company. Remember? Oh, he, when he's he crushing was, it. Whenever yeah. when he wasn't doing landscape. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 So. yeah. So I want you to know, man, that I am very blessed to have you and uh, Adrian um, with us on this journey. Thank you, bro. You know, thank like you. this ship. I feel blessed. This ship is not as strong um, without you guys, you know? Thank you. So thank you. thank you guys. So, Mr. Adrian, uh, quick upbringing, brother. You know, two to five minutes. Okay. Uh, my upbringing was, I mean, I wish I had this crazy story of adversity that I had to go through to get to where I'm at, but it was literally just a life switch, a, a, a life switch for me. Well, um, hold on. Where did you growing, grow up? Growing yeah. up, growing up in the community that I was in, it's one square mile cash in Arizona. I mean, it's not even called cash. Anymore. Town. They, they actually renamed the city to Avondale. So now it's considered part of Avondale, but it's one square mile. But everybody knows it as cash. Yeah. Everybody knew each other and everybody knew my dad in the neighborhood looking back at it. Right. My dad was considered like the mayor of cash and unofficially. That's funny. And so he would be able to talk to anybody and everybody at any given time. And that's, I think, where I got my skill set from. Um, I grew up financially. We were OK. Both of my parents had jobs, um, you know, established. I, I really didn't have to want for anything. Um, but, you know, there were restrictions, right? You know, we couldn't do this. We would have to save up 
X amount of months to go on this three day vacation. Yeah. You know, things like that. Well, where, I know. You know, you mm. have maybe an extra hundred dollars every paycheck. Every other check. Every yeah. other I mean, every other week, every every check. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. It doesn't do much for you. It doesn't do much for you as you know, just it just in general to mm-hmm. try to. You're you're surviving, right? You're not thriving, yep. like we said, like you said this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fast forward, um, I'm right about to make a life change decision. Uh, I was in in a position to where I was going to leave the state of Arizona and move to Colorado, um, because I was. Oh, I remember that. I was just yeah. jumping around from job to job, and I wasn't really taking life serious. Right? Yeah. I had no obligations, and so my uncle, that was in the same kind of situation as me, told me, "Hey, come out to Colorado, live with me, start over." I said, "Okay." Before I made the commitment, I was two weeks away from my flight heading out to Colorado. He actually put me in position to get a job. Uh, working at a at a cookie company, Nabisco. Mm-hmm. I started at that oh, place. Wow. Yeah, I, didn't know that. I started at that place, um, and I just grew up from there. Uh, I worked as a warehouse worker. Then I went to the freezer. Then I became the freezer foreman. Then I went became the warehouse foreman. Then I started driving. And at some point, I reached the pinnacle of this warehouse work at Nabisco. I couldn't do anything more. Right? They wouldn't promote within the warehouse to go into the into the office, into the corporate. Mm-hmm. So I had to stay where I was. And um, it was right around that time where, you know, I saw you, like we said, we're family. Mm-hmm. So Carlos was already establishing, Carlos and Sal were already establishing their company, meaning they were starting to, you know, put out bandit signs. Like I said, I helped them do bandit signs. They were talking to sellers and they were doing this for about two to three years before I even caught on. And like Andy said earlier, right, and I always say it too, is don't get caught in the right place with the wrong mindset. I mean, I live with no regrets, but I just look back sometimes and think about what were the possibilities had I joined you at that time? We we started grinding in 14. You joined us around 17, 17 I think. 17, exactly, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we went to, I went to a Mastro's dinner with these guys, met Andy for the first time, kind of caught the bug, um, talking real estate with all these guys at the table. And I called Carlos up the next day and I'm like, hey, teach me the ways. Oh, I remember You remember this, this conversation specifically? I said, Yo, teach me the ways. Hold on. You know what's crazy? I, I always, I don't know why, but like if you ask him, right, I always try to, try to kind of, because I don't want to be too invasive and, and force them to do anything, yeah. right? But I'll throw something out there like, hey, bro, like you, you want to go to this thing? You know, I think it could be very useful to you or helpful, right? Uh, just like this past just, weekend just in Vegas, day, right? Yeah, I'm like, hey, brother, I, I said, listen, man, if, if you can, like, I don't want to, like, take away from your family, but if you can get out here to Vegas this weekend, I, I, I think it could really be very helpful, right? Yeah. And, right? Yeah. How did magical. you feel after this weekend? Inspired. But how do you, like, what are you ready to do? Like, you're ready to just level shed, up. Shed my skin. Shed this skin, you see? Yeah. So I remember that specific dinner. With a bunch of with a bunch of seven figure or six figure maybe at the time that were gonna be seven figures right yeah um and there was that guy Tim Tim who was like forty something shout out to him we just saw him at Freedom right God bless you man did Um, we yeah yeah. oh bro he's a great guy I. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Give me his information. I actually want to talk to that. Guy. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So, so remember, he inspired you because he was in his forties and he had like a twenty-year career at Home Depot or yes. something, right? So continue. Yeah, twenty-year career at Home Depot, and then he was like, "I just quit my job last month, right?" And I made like forty thousand or fifty thousand dollars. You're like, what? Month. And I was like, and I, how old are you? He was forty-seven at the time. I'm thirty at the time, and I'm like, holy shit, right? Mm-hmm. I said. This dude's near years, 50. 20 years, mm. just quit his job to to do this. I was like, all right, well, 
called Carlos the next day. I said, teach me the ways. He thought I was talking about his medical commodity service, right? His business. Was I? Yeah. You were like, do you, you want me to teach you strips? And everybody I was, thought I was crazy for that too. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I want to learn real estate. And he goes, okay. You didn't even give me a book to read. I, you gave me after I started following you. You didn't give me a book to read. You just said, come to the show office. Up, yeah, show up. Show up. The, the next, literally the next day I went and I showed up at the wrong office. It was car Sal's old dealership right here on Camelback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like, yo, where are you guys at? I'm here. And then you told me, oh, you're at the wrong office. So then I went to the other dealership and I just never looked back from there. I never. That room. Back. That room changed. It. Was smaller than the studio. Dude, I don't. I don't think you understand how like me and Adrian synced that night, right? So like, had me and Adrian like gotten to know each other and had a conversation that night, we would have realized like, oh shit, we have so much in common. We probably would have just talked guys, to each other. Yeah, all these guys are talking about real estate. You know, we're not in real estate. Let's just kind of bullshit with each other, right? And funny thing is, I didn't even have a conversation with him that night, and that night changed my life. Like Adrian called you the next day and said, "Show me." You the called ways. Alex. I called Alex the next day and I quit my job. I said. I, I called Alex. You went all in. I said, yeah, I called Alex, and I, and I remember I called him on my 15-minute lunch break, and uh, I said, I said, dude, I'm miserable here. I said, I need to get out of here. I can't handle this anymore. You know, I was having a bad day because I just, like, realized what was possible. And he's like, he's like, damn, bro, like, I only got, like, fifteen twenty thousand dollars i can't i can't take you on full this was very, very he said i only have fifteen to twenty thousand hold on keep in mind he had his oh because you needed like a safety net and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. and uh and he he had he had a little bit of cash stored away this was a long time ago and he he was like he's like damn bro he's like i don't he's like i don't know I, I he's like it's a big move he's like you know what just stay patient keep the part-time gig for a little while longer and he's like i promise you i'm gonna get you out Mm -hmm. So I, I finished my 15 minute lunch break mm -hmm. and then I go on my 30 minute lunch break a little later and I actually get a call from him. He said, fuck it, quit your job right now <laughs> and blow out. Yeah, yeah. He said, he said, quit your job right now. You won't do it. And I said, bro, but I just got a car. You know, I have this, you know, I have this pay. I have insurance now. And, the, and the I remember, that, and this yeah. is why I'm so loyal to him. And I remember he said, he's like, Andy, he's like, I will never let you fail. Uh, and we're about to blow up. He said, do it. So I immediately went in and I and I le and I left. You know that was that was the end. But it's crazy how like Adrian very called similar you that stories. Day. Yeah, it's crazy how Adrian called and, and said this, I'm all in. And I said so and this I is something to look at too, right? Is the age difference, right? Andy was coming fresh out of high school, really no obligations. Myself, before you were I already jumped, married. Before I jumped into real estate, I was already married. I just bought my house. Me and Sierra had just bought new cars, right? I remember Isaiah was just born. He was a baby. Yeah. Right and. I started making sacrifices. Uh, I was the warehouse foreman. My shift was from five to five, uh, five to four in some cases. And I made the commitment to demote myself and go back to driving because driving opened up a different time schedule, schedule. for me. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm working my old job from 11, 11 PM midnight uh, to nine o'clock in the morning. And then coming over and us. Then coming over to the office and then making calls and going on appointments. Crazy. And I, that's what did it for you. That's what did it. And you know what's crazy? The, the the good thing about the thing about that is like you guys didn't tell me to make that sacrifice. No. That was we didn't that, we don't know what you were doing. Exactly. We just wanted you to show up. Yeah, and I that's the sacrifice that I made. So I was sitting there thinking, like, how can I spend more time here and less, less time, time there? Here, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what you get into. And for those of you guys that have a job, a nine to five right now, and you guys if you're already watching this, you already have the bug. Right. They already mm -hmm. have the itch starting sure. to go. For sure. And so you're already thinking right now to yourself, what can I do? How can I spend less time here at my regular job and 
be able to spend more time on on a career on a life-changing path mm-hmm. i love that right yeah and and that's something that i had to do i sacrificed myself i sacrificed my overtime the higher pay right uh the freedom that i had where I, the, the responsibilities weren't really that heavy on me and um, i started driving semis uh, locally for for 10 years and then uh, at this time i quit um I, your Sal had brought me in and we sat down, remember? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I want to bring you on full time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Let's talk some pay structure. Um, these guys offered me at the time. It was it, literally crumbs, man. It was crumbs. Like Dude, it was, maybe just enough to not, maybe it was, not it was not, survive, it was huh? not enough for me to survive at was all. Was still working? Yeah. Huh? She was, still yeah, working. she was still working. At, uh, she was yep, working for Ace. you guys. She wasn't working at Ace. No, she was the cold calling, cold calling for you guys or, oh, or cool. customer. Yeah, she's, she's been with, she's been with us since the beginning. Yeah, she's yeah, been, sure. she was here before I was. Mm-hmm. So they gave me, they offered me crumbs, and I said, yeah, I'll live off of these crumbs. I'll live off of my God-given talent. And real quick, it's you know, Andy wanted to be. We talk about this all the time. Andy wanted to be a teacher growing up. You right? want to be a comedian. I wanted to be, not not necessarily comedian, comedian and entertainer, right? Mm. Like Cedric. Like Cedric the entertainer, right? Okay. Uh, so I wanted some sort of interaction with an audience to where they felt some type of way about me i would get them to laugh things like that you know just have a conversation and then fast forward you know i'm speaking on stages where people are laughing at some of the things that i said or engaging with some of the things mm-hmm, that i said mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, you know crying mm-hmm. in some cases over some of the things that i said i love and it. i'm like i love it yeah fast we're both living our life dream through real estate crazy. simply because we learned how to close deals Fast forward five years later, everybody, and this was not a quick process. Uh, you guys are you the know, baddest mofos in the country when it comes you. to closing deals. Absolutely. Anybody out there watching, you know, I would be willing to put a lot of money on these guys, uh, no matter who you are, where you are. Um, you know, if anybody knows sales, like no disrespect to anybody out there still on the phones, right? But the fact of the matter is, you know, these guys are some of the best that are doing it actively right now. You know, you guys are gurus. Yeah, bro. And you guys you guys actually put us in this position where, you know, we, we started educating people. In Adrian's case, we started entertaining people and making people money. Because we never had that itch to get under the spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, matter of fact, I, I think for a very long time, I was actually kind of afraid of it. I was like, you know, do I want to live up to that's being the that's the, the old that's the old programming, the introvert exactly. in you, right? Yeah. yeah, I was like, dude, like that's a lot to handle. I don't know how these these guys can handle like all this pressure of like so many people knowing them and having to perform and deliver, you know, and going on stage. You should have seen how much pressure it. we had this past weekend. I I bet you it was insane. And obviously, different levels, right? They require a different version of you, and that's kind of where we're at now, everyone. It's like, you know, we didn't we didn't coach anybody. Um, you know, before we made millions of dollars, like we literally years, started for, years, for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. put in the work. Same with us. We same, same with work. anybody from all in. It's like we put in that work for several years before we even thought. Like these kids these days, right? They close, close one deal, deal. And they're like, oh, I got my course, right? Or, hey, I can teach you how to close a hundred deals, even though I've only closed three, right? Yeah. Like that's what's out in the industry right now, and that's why our brand is the strongest it's ever been. Because you know what? We're really about that business. Mm. You know, we do this day in, day out. You know what Amen. I mean? We're yeah, we're we're not fraudsters. We we like we literally walk, you know, we walk and we talk and we live what we preach, you know. So anybody out there watching, and I mean you know, dude, we're doing this you can, every day. You can you can see it, right? I mean, you guys can follow us on Instagram, Wolf of Closing. Wolf of Closing, closing right? Born closing. We wolf, we're wolf. not sitting here wolf, trying to wolf, pitch wolf. you guys all day, every single day posting about buy our course, buy our sales training, come learn from us. We don't do that type of stuff. 
you know, the people that know about us, and there's a lot of people that we've taught nowadays, they find a way to reach out to us and they find a way to. And after know, this podcast, get, there's going to be a bunch of other people yeah, that reach get, out to you. Get the information that, that they're looking for, get the coaching that they're looking for. Right. And we keep our, we keep our, our circle small. Right. Because yeah. we want people that are, see, here's the thing. You can go and buy a course, right. Any course that you want. Mm -hmm. And we know that anybody that does that, they may or may not take the, take the action. Yep. Right. Some people are just hoarders. They just buy every single course and collect them like Pokemon cards. Mm. Right. But the people that we want to deal with on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, every time we we're coaching are the people that know for a fact they want to change their lives and they're already doing something about it honestly what's up brother tim mcdonald says tim i love tim he Tim's says and you guys truly give a shit about who you help exactly see that's the culture with all in guys we really do get like we care about the lives that we're reaching and trying to impact that's the culture, right? Like our core, our core values, our principles are pretty easy if you think about it, right? God it's family hustle. God family hustle. Like that's just it. You know, there's a bunch of different programs, there's a bunch of different education companies out there, but the fact of the matter is, we care. And the community that we've built, we don't we don't have to say anything. Like you just go talk to somebody, anybody in the real estate space, and say, hey, what's up with these all in guys? And they'll tell you the amount of lives talk that you to know. Ninety five percent of the gurus out there that are selling courses. And tell them where they came through. I don't think what office. Hello, they I don't came think through. there. I don't think there's very many people who have more testimonials and clothes only. Like it Let's honestly, go. It, it seems unreal to be honest. Where, like, it, it's literally uh, at this point, it's almost every single day or every other day where it's like, hey, just closed my biggest deal. Hey, just got a deal today. Hey, you guys helped me get you know do this and do this and like it seems unreal to me. And guys. soon we're headed into a new. So um, we're headed into a new dimension. Um, you know, it's a whole another level. Like this is what I see, right? You guys remember when Grant Cardone used to only coach like or car sales yeah, people? Yeah, I remember. Like, like I see you guys coaching a broad audience, God willing, very soon, where it's not just real estate. That would right? be great. You know, like where you guys are actually teaching, um, like almost like um, advisors and, um, you know, your uh, what's the uh, consultants? You're coming into like, you know, other seven and eight figure companies, you know, and 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 then you you put out a whole program, like an actual real you know, structure general, not just real estate right. related, right? And you're you're going to different, you know, car dealerships, um, insurance companies. Imagine if you're just doing all that. Wouldn't that be awesome, Adrian? Yeah, Hello, right? Like, that's what I see for you guys because that's what I see for us. Like, I don't want to stay, I never want to stay stuck in, no disrespect, my wholesaling community, I absolutely love you guys, but, you know, it's like, we don't want to stay stuck in one box. You know, that's no, never been my, not. you know, that's never yeah, been yeah. my objective, you know? So I see you guys growing to, to that degree, man, where, you know, you're touching and impacting lives that are outside of real estate. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that really would be amazing. Remember that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's All embedded. Right. And see, see, once again, our, our leaders strike again, you know, they have a bigger, <laughs> Thank you. They have a bigger vision uh, for us than we truly have for ourselves sometimes. And that's okay. That's the type of people that you have to surround yourself. But now with. that seed's planted and guess what? You guys are probably not going to forget about that. Absolutely. Here goes another thing, right? Let me ask you this. What is your cell superpower? My cell superpower. Um, Everybody has a super, uh, a different super cells. Uh, 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 what is it? A super sales power yeah everybody uh, has a well yours? if you recall uh sal nicknamed me the machine yeah you know i'm relentless everyone. you're you're, you're it, a pound the concrete kind yeah, of guy in my, and you know in my pursuit of, of getting what i want i will always get what i want and hold that's on. something i've noticed hold on i got something better let's make this interesting what is his sales superpower Ooh, interesting oh yeah his perseverance his, uh, his the the tenacity that this guy has um 
it, it I mean, it started, I think it started in football. Um, yeah, for you know, sure. In football, you know. I've played along his side. He's a so, machine. Yeah, I've said, and I've played along his side too. And I think Andy's superpower is that if you put an objection in his way, he takes his size. He's going to bulldoze through it. He takes his size and either verbally bulls, bulldoze through it or physically will bulldoze through it. Oh, my it. God. I've seen this guy kick parking blocks off of the freaking rebar, <laughs> right, with his bare feet. But I think that's his superpower is, to be, is, is that ability to just overcome any objection. And Andy, Andy personally, to me, I mean, I, I kind of live vicariously through him. Right? <laughs> you do. Because of just the free will that he has, right? There's nobody, there's no restrictions. There's no, there's no restrictions with him. He does as he pleases. And usually what pleases Andy is helping people, right? So if you stand in the way or if anything stands in the way from Andy helping somebody, he's going to, you're going to get bulldozed through. You're just going to get bulldozed. All right. So before I ask that next thing, I just want to give you guys a huge shout out and props, man. Tim McDonald says that he went from doing no deals to closing 1.4 million year to date because of closers only. Let's go damn man i remember meeting tim at our first ever too. event and uh and I, I remember just talking to him and i said bro you got the it factor mm. i said i see it in you i said you're gonna make it happen mm. and i said i can't wait uh to hear your success story and sure enough like he, he's one of the people who checked in with us constantly no fluff. Like, hey, i'm killing it i'm killing it but no fluff congratulations just tim you're the man bro no yeah, fluff just results brother. he said brother so what is adrian's sales superpower uh adrian he's an interesting cat you know here we um, go there it is. Adrian Adrian is always the most likable person in a room. Mm. Uh, and uh, that's something actually that I really, really admire about him, you know, because uh, sometimes like he has my, a good energy my, about him. For yeah, sure, my, yeah. My, my my like old conditioning is like, OK, just go in the corner, do your own thing, stay in your own lane. And I see Adrian swerving in every lane and everybody's just watching him and they're laughing and they're having a great time. And truly, like he knows Adrian's, how to please the crowd. Adrian knows how to please the crowd. And, you know, when it comes to business, right, because it, it does come down to business when we're dealing with these sellers, you know, there's not uh, and I'm convinced of this. There's not a seller on this freaking planet that uh, Adrian cannot make laugh, that Adrian cannot get on their good side. I love you know, that. And I love that. Dude, like, I mean, I remember that's Adrian's the whole reason why I started building rapport with my sellers. Because <laughs> you used to not care. I did not care. I was just like, okay, you're not a deal. Okay, I'm going to hang up on you. Yeah. No no goodbye either. Just ha straight hang up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I, I just noticed, like, you know, man, like, this guy has great energy. People love him everywhere he goes. What is it? You know what it is? And we, we have this in common. Like, Adrian just cares about whoever's in front of him at that very moment. Mm -hmm. And I think just being him being himself has gotten him to where he's at today. Like the same person that Adrian is in the office when he's running around making jokes is the same person he's, he's on, on the phone. phone and it's yeah. insane to watch. I love you know, it. Cause a lot of people, they put on like, it, it, it's unintentional, they right? They put, on, they put on, exactly. They put on their sales cap. They put on the suit and tie and they're like, okay, time to talk business, honey. You know, and Adrian's mm -hmm. not like that. It's like, Hey, I'm Adrian. You know, I'm kind of mm -hmm. goofy. No, oh, hello. <laughs> so real quick, uh, one, uh, Jonathan Acuna says, why is the wolf gripping the mic with such force? Oh, sorry. And then He's passionate. He did. He, I mean, the mic was up here. Right? Like, it was like, yo. He's passionate. And then the other thing is um, your wife says, your wife, uh, Adrian, uh, Sierra, my sister-in-law says, you both bring tears to my eyes and make me so happy. Everything you guys have accomplished is amazing. Keep pushing. The sky's the limit. Love, I love Sierra. She's, love all three you. of you. She's the love first you, lady. Of closers, Lo only. love you, Sierra. She's the first lady. Of She's all amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
She was part she of that. Is she amazing. is amazing. She's first lady of All In, but mainly Claire's only. You guys, you got, you guys ready for the, uh, we're going to keep the agenda rolling? Because we can do this all day, right? Yeah, so, we really can. All right, real quick, in two minutes or one, what makes a great closer? Boom. What makes a great closer? Number one is product knowledge, right? Okay. Uh, you know, you, you you can't, you're not able to communicate with the seller as far as what type of services that you offer, you know, if you really don't know what you're doing. And really, that was one of my biggest flaws early on was like, you know, I'm just going to pound the phones. I'm going to find out if you're interested or not. And I was leaving meat on the table because I didn't know how to run numbers. I really didn't know what mm -hmm. the escrow transactional period looked like. And I was missing out on deals with like sophisticated sellers where I just thought as long as I made an offer, I was either going to get a yes or a no. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's people who need a bigger breakdown. And what we don't realize, everyone, is like. You know, we run a sales training company, but keep in mind, like me and Adrian put emphasis on this not being sales. You know, buying somebody's property is not, it's not a sale. No, it's, it's an acquisition. It's, it's an, an acquisition. It's an, it's an you're acquisition. selling yourself. Keep in mind, right? When you go to a dealership and, uh, you know, if you're anything like me, the first time you went to a dealership and bought a car, you kind of, you kind of got screwed. You know, I got <laughs> screwed the first time I bought my vehicle in a dealership. And at the moment, it didn't matter. You want to know why? Because I got a car. And internally, I knew it was kind of short term. I was like, you know what? I'm getting screwed short term. It's okay. I really need transportation. But when somebody's selling you their property, they're selling you their livelihood. Mm. They're selling you everything that they've ever known. They're selling you the only asset that they'll probably ever have to move in their lifetime. Wow. And there's so much weight that goes into that. You know, that it's very emotional. Yeah, yes. it's very emotional that, you know, this isn't a sale. It's not somebody buying life insurance. It's not somebody buying cable. Somebody is selling you the only property they're ever going to sell in their lifetime. What kind of impact do you want to leave on them? You know, how do you want them to feel at the end of the transaction? Mm. You know, I've had beers with sellers, you know, because they love me so much. And they're just like, hey, like, you know, I really appreciate you. You know, you put me in a much better position. Wow. You know, and um, number one, I, I mean, I would, I would just say just care. Have product knowledge so that you have the ability to close multiple groups of people, right? Because uh, you're going to come to find that not every deal you do is going to be with a distressed seller. I've done business with so many sophisticated people. That don't that need to sell. That don't, yeah. that don't need to sell, right? Mm -hmm. So when you know what your product is, you know, you're just able to communicate it better. Boom. What, what, makes a, what makes a great closer? What makes a great closer? Um, the problem solving uh, ability. I love that. That's a great I love the that. problem solving ability. One thing that um, that I learned early on, and I I actually, you know, reflecting back on what I used to do, um, driving semis. You know, you run into some sort of problems here and there, right? Whether it be stores not opening in time, whether it be you trying to find a parking spot to park this big ass semi. There's always going to be problems. Life is filled with problems, right? But the people that are able to identify those problems. And find a solution on the fly, by the way, right? Because it has to be very, it has to be very quick, right? You have it to does. be very quick when you're talking to some of these sellers, because they only give you that small opening, right? Mm -hmm. Of maybe they tell you like, the AC's off, uh, it works, but it's off, right? And it's in the middle of summertime. Well, then that should trigger something real quick. Like, why would somebody in their right mind have their air conditioner off in the middle of the summertime, right? Mm -hmm. The only re thing that comes up to mind is, one, either it doesn't work, but they already identified that it works, or two, they don't have money for the electric bill. Wow. Right? They don't wow. have money for the electric bill. So mm -hmm. they're already in a position to where they're trying to save money. 
And to become a good closer, you have to be able to identify those problems. They're not going to come out and smack you in the face right there, right? No. The sellers are never going to present to you every single problem that they have on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. Nope. If they did, me, you, Andy, Alex, Sal, uh, we, would, we wouldn't be doing a podcast. We nope. would be sitting somewhere on a beach or in a private jet somewhere just traveling the world because we own so much real estate, mm-hmm. right? And that's not the case. Yeah. You know? These people, you need to be able to build a relationship with them, once again, the rapport building, and identify those problems and be able to solve those problems. So being a problem solver, in my opinion, if you don't have problem-solving skills, you're not going to be able to close deals. You, you so know, important. let me, uh, one of uh, one of my really good friends, he's a brother to me, I'm actually speaking at his mastermind. This dude has a Florida beach house, uh, and I'm speaking at his mastermind at the end of March. His name is Chris Rood. Mm-hmm. He says... Um, Skills gets the deals. Mm, absolutely. Skills gets the deals, right? So problem solving, I think that's a huge thing. Huge thing, right? And with that, I wanted to actually transition into the four phases of acquisitions, right? Yeah, can I, can I start off on that? So, uh, please do. So guys, these are the four phases of acquisitions. So and and what, it doesn't, again, I want people to understand this, right? Outside of these four phases, there's really not much anything mm-hmm. else. So mm-hmm. with that being said, let's talk about that. I, I remember when Carlos, Alex, and Sal said, hey, you guys should do some sales coaching. There's this opportunity for you. People need it. They're getting worse sales coaching elsewhere. You guys could really serve people. They said, create your material, create your content, your lessons, and let us review it, right? And I remember me and Adrian, we were sitting at the office right at Copper Point still. It was one of those late nights where they're till like 9 p.m. just masterminding. Yeah. And uh, me and Adrian were thinking, it's like... It's like, okay, how can we educate people on how to close deals, how to get sellers to, you know, sign these purchase agreements. And one thing that we realized is, you know, with real estate, it's so unpredictable because you're going to deal with different personalities every single time. No seller is ever the exact way, right? You're going to deal with a different personality. You're going to deal with a a different problem to solve. Mm -hmm. You're going to deal with a different property you have to kind of figure out numbers on. Mm -hmm. But four things that never change is the four phases of closing. Every deal, me and Adrian have closed hundreds of deals individually over the course of the last five and a half years. There years. it is. But every deal that we have ever closed had these four elements in common. And that's how we came up with the four phases of closing. Uh, and for those of you who have gone through all in, you know what, we're gonna tell you, there's no perfect phone call. You know, even to this day, I'll Love have it. moments where I have a, a, a brain fart. You know, I'll have moments where I don't like the way I rebuttal to something. Mm-hmm. And that's because sales, you know, you, you're always sharpening. You're always getting better. You know, every phone call is going to be different than the other. But again, we notice every deal has these four elements in common. So why not get good at these four specific pieces that we're going to see on absolutely every deal that we do? I love it. Yeah. I you you want to you wanna create some sort of a roadmap, right? Yep. Because me and Andy, um, you know, we really don't do scripts. We, 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 don't, we don't do a script where because I can give Andy a script and I can give you the script and you guys can both read it at the same time and they're going to come out two different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. And so some people. Right. I mean, some people that aren't even educated, you know, enough to be able to read a script that fast. Right. Because there are people out there being successful in real estate mm-hmm. that, you know, me personally, I suck at spelling and I suck at math. You do suck at right? spelling. Mm. I, I'm horrible at both of those. <laughs> right? okay. But I'm able to produce millions of dollars in revenue. Right. For the company buying hundreds of assets every single year. Right. Because I'm able to be myself. Right. So what we did is we created this kind of structure. I love it. This this structure 
this foundation um, that if you can learn these four phases and get the and, and get these four phases like in kind of a habit uh, in, in a habit they become a almost, habit uh, I would I would almost call it like a system a system it, right? it's like it's an, an it's like an internal cell system it's an internal yeah, cell system well it, that alleviates you from having to think about how the call is going to go and now it allows you to focus just on what the actual call is about and the person that you're talking to and mm-hmm. the problems that they're going to be coming up with yeah because we see we see people all the time uh you know go in and then they they immediately try to start building rapport off the rip right when the seller's not even taking you seriously so mm-hmm. they're really not engaged in that conversation or we see people go directly into the close way too fast where you actually make the seller panic and think i'm making the wrong decision because this guy is trying to close me so fast yep right keep in mind we talk about sellers selling you their livelihood you know we strategically put these four elements in common you know so that we're able to filter the conversation in an order where the seller feels comfortable and they understand the entire process. So uh, let's so let's get into it. Yeah, phase number one is the contact, right? You know, the seller has to have some sort of incentive. They have to have some sort of reason to communicate with you in the first place. I mean, let's just be honest. There's so many people in our field nowadays, right? It's not like four years ago where it was a little less competitive. So many people are just now starting to find about, find out about real estate wholesaling that, you know, you kind of have to be quick to the punch and you have to sound different than everybody else. Right. Think about how many times every seller is probably being cold called every single day. Do you think I want to come across as a cold caller? Absolutely not. You know, we have this saying, right, that the first five seconds of the conversation is going to earn you the next five minutes. Mm. First five seconds of your intro, the way that you come across on the phones is going to get the seller to say, you know, you know what? I'm going to listen to this guy. Let me see what Andy has to offer. Let me see what Adrian has to say about my property. Love it. Right. So what does that look like, by the way? So the contact, it's very simple um, to kind of give you guys something. Like we said, we're going to give you tangible information that you can use today. Right. Within the first phase of the contact, there's three things that you want to get your point across as soon as you get on the phone with the seller. It's who, what, why, who you are, what you're calling about and why they should be listening to you. Right. And so we hear it all the time. Hi, is this or is this is this Carlos Reyes? Um, is this the owner of one, two, three main street is getting on the phone. And the first thing that you do is start it's, it's uncertainty, right? Interrogating at the very beginning. You, you get on the phone and as soon as you get a seller on the phone, all of a sudden there's, it's just their face was the uncertainty. They don't know who you are. You don't know if who they are. Right. And in reality, if we're already cold calling, we have all that information in front of us. So don't play stupid. Mm -hmm. Don't play stupid. You have the seller's phone number, you have their name and you have the property address. So we just take that assumption approach where, hey, Andy, how are you doing today? Right? Uh, good. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, my name is Adrian. I was actually just calling you in regards to your property on 123 Main Street. Do you have a second? Uh, yeah, I, I own the property on Main Street. Okay, beautiful. What I wanted to do is I wanted to see if potentially us making you an offer would be something that you're interested. How does that sound? Can I break down that exactly what we just role played there, everyone? Mm. You know, this is what we subconsciously. Oh, we're role playing on the podcast. We subconsciously enter every single phone call, right? You know, Adrian made it clear who he was so that the seller doesn't have to ask me, hey, who is this? Why are you calling me? Right. You know, we don't want the conversation to start off on a bad note. Right. We want the sellers to know who we are, because for all they know, they're probably thinking that we're calling to collect their late mortgage payment because they're a distressed seller. Mm-hmm. When in all reality, we're actually trying to put money in their pocket. Mm. You know, and so Adrian and solve a the problem. Conver- yeah. Yeah, intro the conversation. Adrian said who he was. Hey, this is Adrian. How are you doing today? Right. He made it clear who he was, what he was calling about. I'm actually calling about the property on Main Street and why the seller should listen to him. 
Oh, well, I was actually just looking to see if this was something that we could possibly make you an offer on, right? A seller needs almost like that shiny object at the end of at the end of the pitch, right? So that they know that it's worth their time staying on the phone because by the end of it, they're going to get an offer. You don't want the seller to feel like you're already selling within the first five seconds, right? Got it. Where you're asking the seller, hey, do you want to sell? Hey, do you want to sell your property on 123 Main Street? No, I'm calling you to provide you with information. Hey, I want to see if I can make you an offer on your property. Love right. It. I, I want to see if I can make you an offer on your property, leaving the, the door open. There's no obligation. If it's an offer that you like, we'll buy your property. And if not, that's not a problem. We'll part as friends and we'll move on to the next prospect. You know, my last piece of advice when it comes to the contact is we start to uh, breeze by these, everyone. Uh, me and Adrian could talk about these in very granular detail all day long. Obviously, we're on a we time restriction. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. We have uh, we do the six week sales training, which we have one coming up. If anyone is interested, we're definitely going to get into um, uh, letting making people aware of you guys is actually, you know, top sales training in the country. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen what it's honestly. I've seen I've seen your content. I've seen the people. I've seen people come in and then leave and then explode. Yeah. So that's what I've seen from your sales training. I've seen I've seen felons. Right, <laughs> no that lie. that know nothing about real estate. Shout out the boy. Right, let let's get. Uh, I'll give him some props. You know, Man. Manny and Angel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great guys. I've seen him come out of like straight fresh out of like jail. Halfway house. Halfway houses, and then like start killing it in real estate. Right, and I've also seen you know entrep uh, full blown like business owners. You know, like like Eric Klein mm. and Shane Hunt. Right, like you know all these other guys also come in to the picture. And then, you know, you take them from like business owners to real CEOs by training their acquisition, their salespeople. So I've seen you guys actually take people from like nothing. All sides and of I've also seen people, you guys take people that had some structure and then boom, you just blew them up like a Tim McDonald's. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I've seen you guys' stuff. It really works. We're going to get into that. Let's continue. So, so one last piece yeah, last of, piece of the contact, contact yeah. everyone. So it's no it's no coincidence right this is one of those things where you can either take as hey that's cliche or you can take as oh it makes sense right there's no coincidence that it doesn't matter who your sales coach is it doesn't matter who you're getting your sales training from one thing we all say is your tonality is absolutely everything mm. and we really can't emphasize that enough because me and adrian have seen this firsthand uh within our own doors when we watch people come and go where you can give one person a pile of leads right you can give me a pile of leads and you can give Adrian the same pile of leads. And if Adrian goes into every conversation, every phone call excited, this is my deal. I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to solve somebody's problems. And Adrian is, as they say, smiling and dialing, right? He sounds happy over the phone. He's enjoying what he's doing. He wants to solve problems. And then me, on the other hand, I'm looking at the same pile of leads and I'm like, man, the leads are shit. I really don't feel good today. I'm having a bad morning. I spilled my water on the table. I did before this episode. You know, uh, I spilled my water on this table. By you kicking know. your water bottle. I did. This I, is this dude's about 6'4". 6'5". 6'5". How many? What do you weigh right now? 295. 6'5", 295. The guy did a karate kick on top of this table that's actually pretty tall. You know, yeah, it's pretty tall. That's about there. a good four feet, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, you're a very flexible man for your I size. Am, but am. continue. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, everyone. Uh, you know, and I could I could call that same pile of leads, but, you know, because I'm on the phone, hey, this is Andy. How are you doing today? And Adrian's over here with his electric energy. Hey, this is Adrian. How are you doing today? Right? Both of these people are calling the same pile of leads, but the person who's excited is going to be the one who gets the deal. 
10 out of 10 times, right? If you're not excited about making phone calls, if you're not excited about making money on the phones, I'll be honest, this business is not for you. And I, you know, me and Adrian, we're, we don't sugarcoat stuff. Like this game is not easy. No. Mm. Closing deals is not easy. Mm. This you know, and anybody else is going to give you, they're going to sell you the Sunday, like, hey, I'm going to give you everything you need to close deals, and you're going to be killing it after this. But me and Adrian, we're setting you up for the real life. Hey, not every day is going to be fun. But if you don't put all your baggage at the door and say, I'm going to kill the phones today. I'm excited about making phone calls, regardless of what's happening in my personal life, because I know if I take care of business here in the office, then everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm. Boom. I mean, well said. The contact. That's phase number one, guys. Phase number two is? Phase number two is my personal favorite, the rapport building stage. Boom. Yep. Right? This is where I shine. This is where I thrive. This is where I make a genuine connection with the seller. And I'm able to communicate uh, their wants, their needs. You know, we're able to communicate them with each other, their problems. You know, we emphasize the rapport building stage because... Uh, for the simple reason is, well, first of all, not everybody's going to want to build rapport, right? It's understandable. The people that don't want to build rapport, um, you think not everybody wants to build rapport, but you can in a sense of you can build that business rapport where, hey, you and I both agree, we communicate, we understand that this is a business transaction and there's no going to be no feelings involved, potentially your red personalities. But on the other, on the other side, you're going to have these people, like Andy said, that are in distress situations. Right. And I wake up every single morning asking God now, and this has been he does. something that has changed my life tremendously mm. is I wake up every single morning asking God um, on purpose for him to provide me with somebody that I could potentially help. Ooh. Right. Whether it be a seller on a call, whether it be one of my students that call, that calls me asking for some sort of help. Yep. Right. Whether mm -hmm. it be one of my teammates that's going through some shit that they just need some sort of perspective on. I'll, I'll be there to be that person, right? Mm -hmm. I want the person on the other side of the phone to know regardless if we buy the deal or if we don't, the conversation that you had with me is going to put you in a much better situation than you were before you called me. Love it. Right? So I, whether you got information that you didn't have before or I actually solved all your problems and now I'm going to put a bunch of money in your pocket by buying your property. Right? The rapport building stage is so important. This is where the people are going to, and this is how we create these big spreads, mm -hmm. right? People think we create big spreads because we're offering 30 cents on the dollar or, or, and negotiating up to 50 cents on the dollar. Or because we have the best marketing strategy. Or yeah, or, or, or we spend the most amount of money on marketing, but that's not the case. That's it's absolutely not, not the case. This is, a people, this is a people business and it always will be. In the rapport building stage, you can actually have these conversations with sellers to where they will spill the They'll, they'll spill the beans. They have diarrhea of the mouth in some states, right? Where they just keep spitting it out and spitting it out. And that's, as a closer, this is where your listening skills actually take into effect during the rapport building stage, right? As a closer, some people think, actually as a salesman, as a salesman, because there's two, there's, there's different types of people. There's a salesman, there's an advisor, and then there's us, the closers, mm. right? As a salesman, you're going to run into a situation where you feel like you need to control the entire conversation. The Ooh. prospect needs to be listening to everything that you have to say because you're the professional. That's true. Right? And then you kind of just force their hand into signing or buying whatever it is that you're selling. Right. And that's not the case with the closer. Closers actually let the sellers talk more than they are. Right. There's actually you, you can you can split it down in the case 
where you should be talking less than 50% of the conversation. You should be listening more than you're speaking. Because if you're listening more than you're speaking, that means the seller is telling you everything that you. What need does to that know. look like, by the way, as far as percentages? Like, if I go into like a car rail, right, and I look at Andy's talk time versus the uh, sellers, the prospects' talk time, what would that percentage? The, the look minimum like? has to be sixty forty the seller's yeah. way. Okay, so then the seller should be talking more than you. Y yes, exactly, Got and it. not not by a whole lot, right? You don't want the seller to talk eighty percent of the conversation because that means at that point they're just in control and they're carrying the conversation. You know, a real closer, somebody who's really good at the phones, understands that the conversation has to be equally engaging for both parties, right? But the seller has to have that edge where they're talking just a little bit more than you are. And the one thing about rapport building, everyone, like Adrian said, it's like our biggest deals have come from the best relationships that we've built from sellers. Like Adrian and myself, what's your fastest close deal? Uh, Con uh, contact to contract? 12 minutes? 12 yeah, minutes. My, mine was probably better. 12 yeah. minutes? What's, what's yours? Carlos? Was like we, we always, it's, like a, it's about yeah. eight minutes, he but we always argue about, yeah, we always argue about like That's who can fast. close better. I think one day we should just go head to head. That would be really, that'd be right? really cool. Yeah. Let everybody watch. But you know what? Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, so uh, even, even on a 12 minute phone call, I was able to build rapport. You should, yeah. My, yeah. I would, but you know what? <laughs> that's crazy, right? Like to think that you closed the deal in twelve minutes. Thirty k we made on it, by the way. You see, it's like, oh, sexy. You know what I mean? Like we closed the deal. Mine was in Vegas. Mine was too. No, but mine was like ninety thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! In eight. Do you minutes? not remember? Yeah, I do. Okay, so you know, unless you're Carlos Reyes, <laughs> no, 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 no. This was, I mean, this, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm. You guys. Are, okay, so here's. You guys are more than likely more than likely for sure better because this is like you guys beat on this craft you guys probably have more sales like hours than i do at this point you know what i mean i got yeah, maybe like sure. more guru hours i'm just joking <laughs> no you're you're a business owner bro that's what me and adrian are here for right you know we're that's the love yeah we're, we're the muscle we're the muscle ricardo yeah. what's up brother ricardo rosales says what's up by the hey, way tell him I said what's up. abel showing love he's showing abel abel showing love by the way throw out some hearts man if you're really enjoying this conversation uh, and if you're actually gaining some value from this conversation, because I, I know you guys are actually like you guys are educating right now, which is yeah, we are. which is beautiful. Yeah, it's fun. We're having fun while we're doing it, too. But everybody just know this, right? You know, unless you're Carlos Reyes, you're not going to make ninety thousand dollars <laughs> in eight minutes. You know, and the, 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 the crazy thing about rapport building and I used to think it was pointless at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, like for me, it was like, you know, are you a deal? Yes or no. OK, yes. Let's do business. Let me send you the agreement. And guess what? I was still doing deals. Yeah. You know, I was still very heavily producing. And this was early on when I wasn't building any rapport. But I realized that, you know, you're not going to make $50,000 on a 10 minute close. You're not going to, unless you're Carlos Reyes, you're not going to make $100,000 on a 10 minute close. It's generally all. these 60 minute conversations, these 90 minute it's conversations it. where it's like, holy crap, we just bagged this one. We made 75 grand on this. Like, you're amazing. Start... Now, let me ask the audience something real quick. Yeah. Me and Adrian told you that you had to build a, a fruitful relationship with the seller and be on the phone for 90 minutes to produce potentially 50 grand, 70 grand. Or 90 grand. grand that's about $1,000 a minute. Yeah. Are you going to do it? And I think everyone's answer is yes. Absolutely. 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 So build rapport, build a relationship with your sellers. The average homeowner in the U.S. It's an American of you not to do it. Yep. Thank you. Actually, well and, that's, and that's what I say. It's right? an American of I you tell, not to I do tell, it. I tell some of our, I, I tell some of our, uh, our, our. It's an American of you not to want to make money in this country. Yep. Are we really going to go that? Are we really <laughs> <laughs> I tell some of our students, um, you know, 
you're doing a disservice because like, you know, my faith is really strong. Right. And like I said, I ask God every single morning. So we're actually doing a disservice to some of the sellers by not finding out what their real needs are, what the real problems are. And that yeah. that, that, that happens in the phase two, which is rapport, two, right? Rapport stage. Yeah. So you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're doing a disservice to the person that you're talking to by not wanting to get in con by not wanting to build that relationship. Go ahead. You know what I was going to actually add to that? Right. From my perspective, it's like, you know, like you were saying earlier, you're like, hey, you let the you let the prospect talk more. Yeah. But ultimately even though they're talking the most you're still in control mm -hmm. you don't want like you want to keep it right on the right path yep. because sometimes you know it could go right it could go left and then you're like wait a minute let's not lose let's not lose focus on what the objective Absolutely. here is right so going to the problem solving during the rapport building stage like carlo said you can go on a tangent start talking about the best football team the best football team that ever you know was right cowboys and then, and then all of a sudden you just forget as to what you guys were talking about Right. But if you can go on a tangent and go go left field, right field, but bring it back to, to what center the topic, field, to center field, what the topic of conversation is being, you know, the sell of the property or how I'm going to buy this property from you and make your life better. It's an American of you not to like football. <laughs> Run it, it is. I agree entirely. It's Thank the greatest you. sport. Uh, but uh, everybody that leads us with rapport building, you know, don't ask questions. Just know that the better relationship you build with your seller, the better odds you have of closing that deal and the better odds you have of getting a juicy deal at that. Can I add to that before yeah, we sure jump to phase number three? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. I feel like if you build, if you really do a good job in building rapport, you can ask the tough questions. And when you ask the <sighs> tough questions, you can solve problems. And when you solve problems, what happens? money i actually wanted to move on Let's but go. now you've left me with no choice oh here we uh, go what is going on here no you know really but, what i was well, going to say is real, back to tough questions go yeah, ahead go keep ahead, your thought though keep your thought so that's part of the that's part of the process right you know we're trying to move on to the negotiation stage even with the seller sometimes that's what happens you try to move on to the negotiation stage and maybe that connection really isn't there so guess what you have to do go, go back, back and start building rapport let's go but All everybody, right. with these tough questions, you know, we're dealing with, uh, we're dealing for, for the most part, and as, as I said, not every seller is going to be distressed, but a vast majority of our clients and customers are generally going to be under some sort of financial distress or some sort of personal life uh, situation that they're going through. And, uh, you know, really what separates us from the competition is that we're not afraid of these really taboo subjects, per se. You know, I've talked about things that most people would not even think to talk about on the phones. I've talked about marijuana on the phone. I've talked about sex on the phone. I've talked about uh, people's family on the phone. And, you know, whenever you're dealing with the seller and they mention a touchy subject, as some would say it, you know, that's how you know you're doing the right thing and you have to address it head on. You know, and I do this all the time, especially during our six-week training when we're role-playing with, pe with people. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like to give them real scenarios that we come across. You know, and one of the things we see often is, you know, death in the family. I just inherited this property. Generally, what people would do, they're like, oh, man, you know, you just had death in family. That's uncomfortable. I'm going to stay away from it. Mm. Let's keep talking about the house. You're getting divorced. That's uncomfortable. Let's keep talking about the house. You know, when in all reality, it's like a lot of these times, these people are just begging to open up to somebody. Yes. But nobody has given them the actual time of day. Nobody has cared enough to actually listen. You know, I hear death in the family. First thing I ask is like, were you guys close? Are you OK? How are you feeling? How has this impacted you? How do you plan on moving forward? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you miss them. I'm really sorry for you. You know, and I go deeper than common ground. Right. Common ground is me saying, I'm really sorry for your loss. Now, let me see if I can help you with your property. 
Mm. Building reporters saying, you know, I, I'm, you know, feel terrible for you. Do you need someone to talk to? Can I be your best friend right now? Can I be a non-judgmental ear to you right now? That's building rapport. Yeah, it's that difference between sympathy and empathy, right? I love it. A lot of salesmen, they of course they have sympathy. Oh, your family member died. Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Hey, so by the way, you know, getting back to this property, that's usually how the transition happens, yep. right? But like Andy said, you know, oh, your family member died. Can do you mind? How, how did that happen? Right. Love now it. getting into the conversation, you know, that's that's why the report building stage is so important because, like, once again, you can't emphasize enough how much of a connection that you need to be building with these sellers. Yep. Right. It leads to it leads to once you once you able once you're able to dominate the rapport building stage phase number two number three and number four phase number three and number four actually become a lot easy. simpler mm. right easy they they, they well, less difficult you guys are in the zone right now they, they become less difficult right because once again real estate there's it's never easy there's nothing easy about real estate things just that. become less and less difficult right so once you're done with the rapport building stage you move on to the negotiation stage right it gets a little bit less difficult now this is where we see a lot of people struggle and it goes back to what Andy was talking about earlier, where we're talking about growing up psychologically, we're programmed that having discussions about money should be done in private. Ah, scary. Having discussions about money should be awkward. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. People take that and they're like, shit, I don't even want... They almost subconsciously block themselves. Like, I don't want to leave the rapport building stage because once I do that, I know I have to go into the negotiation stage. And I'm terrified about talking about numbers. I'm scared to make these people an offer at 50 cents on the dollar. Right. I'm scared to tell these people what I'm going to pay for this property yeah. simply because they're going to say no. And if they say no, then I'm going to have to figure out how I can negotiate with them. So people are just terrified about numbers when it gets to this negotiation stage. So when it gets to there, two things happen. They either don't make an offer, mm -hmm. which pisses the seller off and that fucks everything up for us. Right. Because now we're calling your seller at a later date and they're already upset because you just took up. Nobody's making him an offer. 30 minutes of their time and nobody made him an offer. I love it. Or somebody's going to make him an offer and they're not going to feel confident in the offer. And when the negotiation happens, they're going to go path, path of least resistance. Right? We've calculated our number. Our MAO is 150000 I'm going to shoot him an offer at 120000 Seller tells me, no, I don't want 120000 Okay, well, I can do one hundred and fifty. Boom. They just jump up right away. So I was like, uh, no, I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm probably just going to call somebody else, right? They get that instant, like, man, that guy jumped from 120 to 150 so fast. You know, they start to get a sour taste in their mouth. Why wouldn't you just present me with your best offer up front, right? And that's yeah. what we need to do is you need to make them feel like the first option is not the best option, but it is an option. And the negotiation, we have to talk our way up to the best option. Yeah, and newsflash for everybody who's uncomfortable talking about numbers Keep in mind, right, if you're afraid to talk numbers, if you're afraid uh, to talk shop when it's time to talk shop with these sellers and the seller is also afraid to talk shop, right? You guys are building this relationship and in the back of the seller of mine, because this is what they're always thinking. It's like, OK, are we going to talk about numbers at any point? You know, are you going to tell me what you're going to offer? And then in your mind, you're kind of putting it off, right? You're scared to start negotiating. You're scared to negotiate. Seller's scared to negotiate. Do you think that's going to be very productive? Mm, not Absolutely not. You know, and that's where, again, I mean, it's okay if right now you're uncomfortable talking about numbers, but after this podcast episode, I'll be honest, like this is your life now. 
if you're dedicated to making money on the phones, you better be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. So I really encourage everybody on there, you know, understand your numbers, understand your product, understand that, you know, and you can, you can actually learn this through our experiences, the value and the problems that we're solving up here, the money that we're paying to sellers down here in terms of value to them. Yep. We don't, we've done business with so many people who are like, Andy, uh, I actually had an offer at $20,000 higher, but you're giving me a cash advance. You're giving me time to move out of the property. Uh, you know, you're actually dealing with my tenants and that means so much more to them than any specific dollar amount. And don't get me wrong, not everybody's going to be that way, right? Some people just want the highest and best, and that's okay. But you're going to catch those. But you're going to, exactly, you're going to catch those Why people not? who are like, yeah, you know what? It does benefit me to close in seven days. I would rather sell it to you for a cheaper price and close in seven days and sell it to somebody who's going to take 30 to 40 days mm -hmm. and give me $10,000 more than what you're going to pay me. Time is money, baby. So let me, give some, let me give you guys something to walk away with on the negotiating aspect, right? Uh, one thing that I like to do, um, and actually kind of drop it in the rapport building stage to help build the negotiations is I'll make what's called a soft offer, mm. right? So we're having a conversation with the seller, discussing the property details. I'm looking at some comps, right, while I'm on the phone. And I'll, I'll mention to the seller something like, oh, yeah, I'm just taking a look here. I know the last time we bought a property in this area, we paid about $150,000 for it. Um, but I just want to see kind of what we can pay for yours, right? And just kind of move over that. You drop that little soft offer in there, your sellers are going to react. They're going to say something to that soft offer. Oh, I would never sell my house for $150,000. Like, oh, okay, I'm, at, I'm looking for a little bit more, right? When they respond to you that way, you say, hey, no, 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 that's not what I'm offering. I'm just telling you the last time we bought a property. What it's doing is psychologically putting a number in their head because a seller is not going to give you their number unless they hear a number first, right? Uh, in most cases, right? We always have those stubborn sellers that are like, you give me a number, you give me a number. And we throw them a number and then they open up the floodgates, right? So you're psychologically just giving them a number so they can have something to think about. And then they can, you know, rebuttal with their offer range or their asking price. And then secondly, it's kind of building validation as a company, right? Where you're saying, oh, we recently bought one in the area. So now they're like, okay, well, these guys do do deals, right? And they know, like, they kind of get an idea of what's going on in the area. Mm. So I'll drop just a, a soft offer to a seller, kind of talk over it right after I drop it. And when I get to the negotiation stage, now I have a number that we could potentially work off of, right? Because I dropped that 150 on the seller earlier in the conversation, and they said that they would never sell their price for that much. Their you know, house. Their house, or they would never sell their house for that much. Then you'd ask them, okay, well, how much do you think you would consider selling for? Mm -hmm. Now they're more open to ask, telling you a price. Well, I would need this much. Okay, boom. Build a rapport. Negotiation. Hey, I know you said uh, you were looking to get about this much for the property. Um, you know, and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to try to get you to that number. Right? Um, just continuing to look more at some numbers yeah. here. I see, I mentioned to you, we bought a property at $150,000. you are looking for about $180,000. I know your property was in much more better condition than that last one was that we built. It was down to the studs. Um, based off the comparables, price per square foot, how much we're going to, it's going to cost us to rehab, how much material is going to cost. Um, we're pro we're going to be somewhere in the price range of about, you know, uh, 160 to 170,000, right? Another thing during the negotiation stage, before you make the transition to the fourth phase, which is the close, mm. you have to know in the negotiation stage whether you're going to be making a hard offer 
or a soft offer. You're leaving a firm offer or an offer range. Love it. Yeah, right. and the, the difference for everybody watching, right? Uh, the offer range is just to gauge interest, right? You want to shoot your shot, as we say. You want to find out. And you don't want to disclose all, you know, the, all give your cards. Give up all your Exactly, you know, exactly. Right? The, the interesting thing about, like, phone acquisitions is, like, as soon as you disclose what your final number is, a seller literally has the power and the ability to you. say, yep, yep, click, I don't want to talk to you anymore, and they can block your number, and then you never have another contact. And they can shop you around. Exactly. Yeah. And then when you when you give somebody just an offer range, that's not something that they can shop about. It's not a firm number, so it keeps them interested and continue to con converse with you because they want to get down to the final number. Yeah. Um, but uh, everybody, as we move on, right, phase number four, which is uh, this is where the money's made. The close. The close. Which the a close, lot baby. of people... A lot of people, man, for some reason, like that's where it all just goes downhill, this, this man. This is the biggest thing that we see, right? People this is coming crazy. In, people coming in and out of the business, right? Coming in and out of our training. This is the biggest thing that we see with people is the transition from the negotiation, phase number three, to the close, phase number four, is people can't make that switch and start directing what needs to happen next, right? They're, they transition to the negotiation. They make their offer. And now they're asking questions like, okay, uh, oh, you like my offer? Okay, can I send you a purchase agreement for this price? You know, will you be able to sign this at some point today? You know, um, is this, this, does this offer work for you? Right? Asking these uncertain questions. Right? At that point, during the close, you need to stop asking questions. Right? You need to stop asking no, questions. Can, can you guys hold on for one second? Never mind. Um, okay, they'll they'll leave a message. That was very important. So, oh. <laughs> I just I just got I just got um, uh, I just got news, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Andy Frisella, right? Ooh. Uh, they uh, they're they're trying to reach me to get me back on his podcast. That's exciting. So, He's a boss. Good stuff, bro. That's amazing. Thank stuff, God, right? Bro. So I was like, oh, my God, are they calling right now? I think they just called, but see, that's okay. See what happens when you lose weight? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to lose weight so I can get on air. But that, that's seller, a beautiful so. thing. I will call them back because uh, we're live on air, but I'm like, oh, my God, do I answer this? It's Andy Frisella. That's fucking dope, bro. So anyway, Congrats, back to bro. you guys. You're a legend. Oh, bro, thank you guys. But um, so yeah, you, bro, you're, you have again, you're a hero, yo, bro. Three, three year three-year vision right bigger you know that's where we're headed but back to the close where a lot of people i mean they lose deals on the table you know Boom. the close phase number four to me it's almost like a movie right it's like you know when when you enter the fourth phase you know you got to be mel gibson you got to be the Ooh. director Ooh. you got to tell the seller how it's going to happen mel gibson in braveheart or mel gibson both. in both mel oh. gibson mel gibson the actor and Braveheart <laughs> that just takes charge. Mm -hmm. Mel Gibson, the director that able that is able to orchestrate this entire masterpiece. God, I love Mel Gibson. <laughs> so on the subject of Mel Gibson, everybody, mm. you know, when you get when you get to this final phase, right? Like this is what you've been waiting for, right? You properly pitched the seller, you made the contact, right? You, they gave you the time of day to make an offer. You've built a relationship with them where now they actually like you, right? You're somebody who they would highly consider doing business with as long as the numbers make sense. Then you get past the negotiations. Now you're on the same page. You made the seller a verbal offer range that they like and they're possibly willing to move forward with. And then you're at phase number four, right? It, like Adrian said, this is where you have to take charge. And for everybody watching you, 
It's, go, it's go time I, I, at this point. It's go time. Yeah, you, you you've know, already put in Kobe all the work. Quarter, give me the Let's ball. Go. I'm going to make it happen. Guys, There's guys, a minute this left. Is, Here we this go. Is, this is, I'll be honest, like, I've lost deals in the fourth phase for being too aggressive. Mm. I want you guys to lose a deal here and there for being too aggressive because a reality of it is, like, it's going to happen, right? You're too aggressive and you lose a deal, but I would rather, rather you lose it that way than for not being uh, aggressive enough. Right. Like, if you're losing deals because you're not aggressive enough, then... You're you not know, taking enough shots. And what, is, and what do shooters shots. do? They shoot or shoot. Exactly. You're not you're shoot not directing. You're not telling the seller what to do. Kobe, <laughs> let's go. Shoot or shoot, right? Everybody, and what this looks like is simple, Kobe. right? You know, we're at the point where we've made a seller an offer, right? And they're like, yeah, I could possibly see myself working with the price like that. Generally, a response you would get. And at that point, you tell the seller, okay... This is what's next. Here's what you can expect from me. So at this point, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to submit my written offer. And for those of you who are just getting in the game, don't use the word contract. That's a very scary word. Oh, this is good. Right? That's a scary word for people because as soon as they hear the word contract, they're like, oh, my God, I'm going to sign over my house right now. I'm going to They're going to put me in handcuffs. Yeah, exactly. I'm going, to make, I'm going to make this big decision that I can't look back on. So you kind of want to alleviate some of that pressure. So I'm saying, hey, here's what's next. I'm actually going to submit my written offer to you right now. Love it. I'm going to send it to your email, and we're going to review it and go through it together. I just want to make sure that you're completely comfortable with our offer and that you know the way we do business. Mm. And one thing about Claire's only is, like, if we don't review the document together, you're just not going to get it. Like, wow. we won't send you an agreement. We're not going to send you our, our purchase or written offer unless we actually physically have your attention to where we can review it together. Because what happens is you talk to a seller and you're like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna send you my offer right now. Uh, and you send them the DocuSign and then it's five o'clock, right? You just had a conversation with you. They're like, yeah, I'm gonna review it once I get home, mm -hmm. right? Six o'clock comes, they still haven't opened it. Seven o'clock comes, it's open. You, DocuSign gives you the timestamp that they opened the document. Oh. Nine o'clock comes, they haven't signed it. Oh, left on right. 10 o'clock comes. Now you're like, huh, maybe I should call The them. next day comes. The next day comes. You still don't have it. And you're making these phone calls. And now they're go they've ghosted you. You're in desperation. You want to know why? Because you left the ball on their side of the court. You know, it's almost like it's almost like you're playing you're playing catch with somebody, right? And you're per you throw your purchase agreement, in, which is a figurative ball. And then the other person just walks away. <laughs> I love it. They're yeah. just like, yeah, I'm done playing catch. <laughs> yes. Thank you yourself. I'm taking, I'm taking this ball home. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's like, that's my ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have to make sure, you know, with us, especially both of our companies, um, we've now transitioned to probably about 95% of our deals are virtual. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, even in our own backyard, we rarely go to physical appointments anymore. And so what we're doing is, what we're, me and Andy are trying to coach you guys on is, when we're sending purchase agreements, we're sending them via DocuSign, via right signature, e-signature, whatever it is. But during this time frame, this is where the product knowledge comes in. If you haven't done this yet and you're trying to go virtual, send yourself a purchase agreement and Good familiarize device. yourself with wow. the process of actually signing that document reason being is because when we send a purchase agreement over to a seller there may be times where we had to create the email for that seller to be able to view the document now if we're having to create an email for a seller what are the chances of them actually knowing how to docu sign something they don't know how to do that right so this is once again where you're directing now if i know off the top of my head what it looks like to sign a purchase agreement via email via you know uh virtually now i can start directing the seller hey do me a favor open up your email you see that that email says under carlos reyes open that one up for me 
Great. Okay, you're going to click uh, review and sign. That doesn't mean you're signing anything. That just means you're opening the document and it's going to start to review it. Got it open? Perfect. Okay, let's go over it. Boom, boom, boom. Hit the first page. Everything looks good on that first page. Uh, no concerns, no questions. Beautiful. On the bottom left-hand corner, there's a little yellow box. You're going to click on that box. Now it's going to ask you to adopt a signature. You see how granular you have to be with these things? Absolutely. You have to take it step by step. Systematically. Systematically, even to the point where you end the conversation. Okay, you've signed everything. There's a little box in the top right-hand corner that says finish. Click that. Oh, it's going to ask you that if you want to create a, a subscription or you want to create a profile. You don't have to do that. That's not necessary. We'll send you a copy of the document. Little things like that. And how do sellers feel when you walk them through every oh. single step? How do they feel? What, what do you it, always it, say about the little things? It, closing a deal is a combination of doing a lot of little things correctly. And there's an old saying, uh, um, incremental, not monumental. Mm, I just heard that one this weekend. Never heard that one. Incremental not monumental and uh, you guys are masters at that so the four phases of acquisitions and you know what i still have one two three four five six seven more questions for you guys let me see here we are uh, i've been taking a look at them we're we're an hour and 33 minutes in my man lost his arms over here from the, <laughs> right right uh but you know what I don't think that we should shortchange the people, so let's try to blaze through these. Ready? Yeah, sure thing. All right. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. What are the most common obstacles that people face when trying to improve their sales skills? Hmm, good question. What are the most common obstacles that people face when they're trying to improve their sales skills? It's self-limitations, right? Thinking that they, because they haven't seen the results in the first 30, 50 100 500 phone calls that they don't have what it takes boom right that they don't right. have what it takes that's what a lot of people struggle with and understand this isn't sales guys this is acquisitions real estate acquisitions to be specific right where if i'm selling if i'm selling you know shoe cleaner at a kiosk i may get 15 20 30 sales in that day right in real estate acquisitions you're probably going to get in most cases there are companies that are doing one maybe two deals a month mm. So imagine how many no's you're going to have to go through to just get to those one to two no yeses. Not setting big enough goals. That's another one, right? You know, you're dealt with uh, Adrian and myself where we come from zero background on, you know, selling anything ever. Uh, and one thing one thing about me and Adrian is like we always knew we were going to produce a million dollars in a year before we ever did it. You know, it happened in here and in here before it ever happened on Boom. paper. Right before we ever did a six figures on one deal, it already happened in here and in here. Is it un-American? Is it un-American not to produce a million dollars in absolutely, a year? Absolutely, absolutely. Everyone <laughs> set bigger goals, set bigger goals, and we're constantly doing that. I, I think Adrian just set just set a, a new goal for me. Right, I've never closed a deal that has grossed us what six hundred the Berkeley. Oh yeah, we're close. We're, we're uh, over you know, and for sure. do you see how you have to raise the bar for yourself? Don't limit yourself. And, and that say, right there is going to change everything. It's going to change everything, yeah. bro. And it's yeah. like it's like we're know, just going to start going after big deals now. And, and see that changes it for me it's because it's like shit. Like now, yeah. I want a deal that that clears multiple six figures. You know, and for those Run of you it. watching, you know, I've dealt with too many people who are going after that threshold of like I want to make ten k on every deal, I want to make twenty k on every deal. Well, have you ever pushed yourself out of your comfort zone and said, I deserve a six-figure freaking deal? I deserve to make $100,000 in one transaction. Let's go. Set bigger goals. I promise you, you know, it's cliche. You can believe it. You can achieve it. Yeah, my deal size is, I mean, my my contract amounts have gone down over the past, you know, year. 
they've gone down. But I'll tell you one thing that hasn't gone down, my revenue. You're going to produce uh, over a mil this year I'm, for sure. Once again, I'm producing over a million dollars this year single-handedly. Single-handedly, that's, that's, that's by not himself. Including, yeah, that's not including what the team is doing as well. Yeah. And, you Let's know, go. it happens It happens more often where I'm getting three to five deals a week, a month now. But each one of those is 50K or more. Yeah, right? it's several hundred K. Several like, hundred uh, K. Com com combined. Combined. So, so, yeah. And my, me personally, and for those of you guys out there, um, getting a lot of contracts is sexy. Making big spreads is it, it we, trumps that. That's what we that's changed about our business, in. right? Like, remember when it was sexy for us to be like, we get the most amount of deals every month, right? Yeah. We're like, we don't want the most amount of deals. We want the least amount of deals with the most amount of money, right? Yeah. Because guess what? Every single deal has the same issues, the same headaches. headaches. Why not just go after big deals that are going to have the same headache as, you know, like let's just say, you know, uh, California deals that we get. Six-figure deals, same issues, same headaches as the five to fifteen to twenty thousand dollar deals, right? Yep. I'd rather deal with that problem. All day. Huge deals are out there. You just got to ask. All right. All right. Here goes the next question. Rapid fire. What are the most common? Uh, what are the most objections? What are the most common objections that sellers present? Give me. Uh, give me your top five. Well, generally, here's what happens, right? When a seller's not ready to do business with you, it's for one of three reasons. Here we go. It's because. Either number one, they don't like you. And that's generally the most uncommon one, right? It's either number one, they don't like you. Number two, you're not working around the time that they need, right? Whether they want to close in three months, whether they want to close in seven days, you're not working around the time that works around their schedule. Okay. And number three is the money, right? You okay. haven't presented them with an offer that's enticing enough to accept. If you and can, we, if you can, if you can actually fulfill two of those three, uh, what are the possibilities a of a sale happening? It's yeah. a done deal. Boom. But see, you have to be, you have to be, you have to get in detail and almost be confrontational sometimes, right? In a non-aggressive way, in a very passive way, and say, "Hey, listen, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, look, I have, I, I don't know if it's me that did something wrong, and it's me that you're not ready to do business with mm -hmm. me. I don't know if I haven't presented you with an offer that makes you happy, or simply, you know, you're just not quite ready to sell right now." Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, which which one of these is it? Because I would love to do everything that I can in my power to earn your business, but I can't earn your business unless I know how to serve you. So let me ask you again. Have I not made you an offer that you like? Is it the money? Is it me? Do you need more time? Because if you need more time, I'll happily extend it for you. You know what I just thought of? What's that? You guys will love this. I'm sitting here like listening to you guys. I'm like, why don't you guys start a sales podcast? Hello, I mean, we own the building, we own the studio. <laughs> like, like, why don't you guys start a sales podcast? We are pretty cool, buddy. We are right. cool. But I really it, want it, you guys it, to do that. That's something in the future. I mean, obviously, I think both of our goals right now and yours Just to included, make a whole bunch of money in real estate. Let's yeah, it's, it. it's okay. just to continue, Here we go. To continue on with the real yeah, estate. Yeah, we got to get bigger. We got to get bigger. We're done, right? All so, our stuff will fall into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God willing. So, um, all right. Um how do people overcome these like some of these objections that you guys said like your top three objections how do people overcome these things did you kind of just say that? yeah yeah i mean you have to you have to address it head on you know if you don't ask you don't get okay. and that's the thing about real estate it's like we have to ask these tough questions you know because if you're asking a seller yes or no questions right which is the tough know, questions and how do you ask the tough questions exactly. by building the rapport mm -hmm. exactly if you're asking a seller yes or no questions you're going to get a yes or no response so okay. are you not ready to sell your property no done with the conversation yeah yeah you have to specifically get into something like what what would like what would prevent you from actually selling your property Dude, in the next 30 days right? nosy. a good closer is absolutely. really nosy we yeah. want to know everything absolutely you know and like you have to put your you have to take off the pressure of your seller and say hey you know what it's okay if we don't do business with you i just want to understand why Boom. just give me a reason here's Let's something go. that you guys can do right um 
if you if you're already making phone calls, um, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get a piece of paper, and I want you personally to write down the top ten objections that you come up with uh, over the over the course of the next week that you're making phone calls. Right? Take a look at those, and then start to figure out how can I present each and every one of these objections to the seller themselves in the rapport building stage. Mm-hmm. Right? Because what we do as closers is we'll present an objection to the seller during the rapport building stage, get it annihilated objection right then and there. That way, when we get to the close, that objection is not there anymore. Right? I love it. So the more objections that you can make up front presenting to the seller, you know, the more we can eliminate. And then when it gets to the close, when some of these objections come up again, now you can call bullshit. You can go back and tell the seller, hey, what's changed? Earlier, you told me you didn't want to list with the realtor. Like yeah. now, you, now you're wanting to go see if the realtor, you want to talk to your realtor about my offer. I'm just confused as to what's changed since, since in our conversation. Yep. Right. And I now the it. seller has to be like, well, uh, you, you know, they, they start to fumble over their words. So that's what you want to do is you want to be able to look at those 10 objections and then figure out how, and we, and we teach, but figure out yourself right now, how can I present these to the seller in a way that we already know kind of like a rhetorical question. Hey, you know what? They have already told me that their property's in distress, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. You can tell by the conversation that it's not ready for a listing. Hey, have you considered listing with a realtor? You might get a little bit more money. Boom. And then they're going to tell you, well, no, I don't want walkthroughs or, you know, I don't I don't think, you know, the realtor, I, I don't want to have to fix anything. They'll start giving you the reasons as to why they don't want to go with that objection in the first place. Okay. Right? And so when you get to the close, things just become a little, little less difficult. I yeah, love absolutely. it. Okay, here we go. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's pretty public out there that closers only, right? Your sales program, uh, your sales Ours. training. Ours. We'll say Whoa. all in. All okay. Uh, the okay. You know, uh, your cl- uh, closer only sales training is definitely one of the best in the country. What makes it one of the best sales trainings in the country? That I will literally one minute. I will literally burn with your business if I have to. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. Okay. Oh, I'm not done. Okay. I'm not done. Right, I'm gonna go, go on a little Kanye West rant. Everybody, I would not take a dollar from you if I wasn't sure that I could multiply it for you. Hello. And right hand up to God. I promise you. You know, money is not that important to me. Finances are important, but Let's go. I, could, I would not feel good about myself. I could not get a good night's rest. Rest just based off the way I was raised. If I knew that I wasn't actually creating results, but because we've actually created results for people, and because we actually care. You know, it's like it's fine. Like, shoot, pay us for coaching. If you're gonna pay somebody else, pay us. We're the best in the game. Let's go, <laughs> sir. I mean, should I even respond after that? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> no, but um, with us, uh, one thing personally that we do specifically is we are very, very hands-on. The same way that that's we were what trained. I, yeah, that's what I love about the it. same way that we were trained coming up. Where, you know, I can try to give you every single situation that you're gonna come up with, every single scenario that's gonna come across when you're talking to a seller. And then you get on the phone and nothing that I told you, it, you know, happens on that phone call. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah. Right. So what we do specifically is we actually role play with our with our with our class. Wow. One on one. Right. They they become the seller. We're the acquisitions and then vice versa. Uh, we make live phone calls with our act with with the um, with the class as well, where they're making phone calls. We critique them. We make phone calls. They critique us. And then even as a community, everybody has their own input into it, which helps as well. Right. And then number three is at the end of the day, 
we're not scared to get our fucking hands dirty. Yeah, we right? will close so the deal for you. We won't. We are, will close the deal for you, and we will not ask for a single dollar from wow. that. Wow. You want you want to know why? Because you paid us, and it's our duty to you create revenue for win. you. Yeah. You yeah. want them to yeah. win, right? Pay said this, and uh, it actually something that like really resonated with me. Uh, I think it was at Freedom. He's like, you know, I know that as a mentor, I could never fail. And it's because I truly, truly care deep inside. Yeah. And that's the thing about Clarice Only. It's like we care so much about creating results, creating success that, you know, we will never fail as mentors. And that's why you don't see us blasting uh, Clarice Only everywhere uh, selling these items, because honestly, it sells itself. It really does. It's We're mostly people. referral, right? Like it's referral. Referral. it's referral Closest only is like the speakeasy of acquisitions. Yeah. You, you know, what <laughs> we I got to be better. We you gotta be you need to know yeah. the password in order to get What in. I've noticed about you guys' program is that every single client that comes or, or mentee, right, that comes into your program, they get the following four things, right? This is what I've seen. They get the knowledge from you guys. And where does knowledge come from? Experience, Experience. right? They get the guidance from you guys, right? They get the support from you guys. I've seen that like crazy. I even send you guys, when someone's trying to ask me like a, a conversion question, like a sales, not that I'm like too good to answer it, but I'm like, here, go talk to Adrian, talk to Andy, like, you know, cause you guys do this day in, day out. You guys are in the trenches, you know? You're masters of your craft. So yeah, they get the support. And they also they also get the accountability, which I love. Yeah. So outside of those four things, I think that's something that you guys definitely have to emphasize more on, right? You're gonna get the knowledge, you're gonna get the guidance, agreed, agreed. you're gonna get the support, and you're gonna get the accountability. Those are the four things that you can count on with our program, and you will never go wrong. Yo, so we had this. You, you don't know about this particular testimonial, but this is one of my all-time favorites, and I tell the story all the time. Uh, I would say earlier, it was earlier this year. We had a mentee, right? She was in, she's been in real estate for four years. Wow. Uh, this year was her fourth year, mm -hmm. right? And when you when you get into Clears Only, it's real interactive. It's real personal. We keep it like in a small room, and it's I remember a, it's, 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 a, it's, it's an active live like Zoom class. Yeah, and yeah. I and we asked her. We get to know everybody, and we're getting to know her and her business. And so we're like, hey, uh, how long have you been in business? I've been in business for four years. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, great. How many deals have you closed? Zero. And I heard that, and. Internally, I didn't say that out loud, but internally, I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's been in real estate for four years and has never closed a deal. Mm. I said, wow, like, how has this woman not quit already? Yeah. yeah. How, how is she still trying to get a deal four years later? And I remember, you know, as soon as the Zoom ended, I, in, I, I walked into Adrian's office and I said, I said, bro, like, if we don't help her close her first deal, this then we failed. Class failed. I said, then this entire class failed. It doesn't matter if everybody else does great. If she doesn't close her first deal, I said, we failed as mentors. And we have, we, me and Adrian, we carry a chip on our shoulders, you know? Um, and, uh, and Adrian said, don't worry about it. We're going to get her a deal. Sure enough, before the six weeks is over, guess who, guess who helped her close a deal? We made her $20,000. And she'd been through other people's coaching. She's been through other training, but nobody really cared like we did. Nobody really gave her the guidance that we did. So, Everybody, if, if you're interested, you just let us know. But like I said, I could never touch a dollar if I knew I couldn't multiply. I, I already have like several ideas for you guys, man. Like I was like, you know, one is you guys should start doing at least once a month, uh, like a sales intensive for free. Mm -hmm. And then people can, if they see the value, because this is what I've learned about the game of education, right? If you help people make money, they will always come back and reinvest. Oh, true. You know, and I'm not saying go at it for eight hours for free. I'm not. I'm saying go at it for like two to three hours for it's free. so hard for us, though. <laughs> right. That, but but, but we... listen, you understand what I just said? You're going to plant a seed. 
you're going to help these people close a deal or two. What are they going to do? Come back, back, run back right to you, and they're going to say, I'm ready for six No, weeks I'm saying this. it's hard for us to Hold do. Hold on, that's one. It's hard for us to do simply because yeah. once we start getting going, just like this podcast, yeah. it's hard for us to fuck. This is the longest podcast in <laughs> all in. This is the longest podcast in all in history. Uh, but this is, uh, hey man, you know what? I don't care because you know what? I think this might be for anybody out there that's looking for some type of sales training or is struggling to convert leads into deals. They're gonna really appreciate this podcast. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, if this podcast changes one life, it's all that matters. It's already worth it, correct? Yeah. Right? Thank you for putting us on, bro. We appreciate yeah. it. Oh, brother, I mean, there's way more to come. But again, that was one of my, uh, that's one idea that I definitely want to throw out there where you guys are just like, hey, we're doing no charge we just want you to win right like okay that's one uh, obviously the sales podcast is another and then the other thing that i would actually highly recommend is is this right and these are please write this down because i'm just gonna like, i'll just watch the podcast again okay later. um i have people in our community uh specifically um you know uh really high-end clients that have paid you know tens of thousands of dollars that actually are struggling to convert, you know, their marketing into deals. Why don't you guys offer some type of, you know, program? Uh, well, why don't you guys offer offer the program to them almost financed in payments because they're gonna close a deal. Like they're gonna close a deal and then they're gonna pay you. I can actually name. I can probably give you a list of ten or fifteen people right now mm -hmm. that actually are like, man, like, you know, they're they're either agents that need the sales training yeah. or they're like, you know, they they're just not that very good at converting or they have people like uh, my man Philip Yan who has, you know, they have two um, virtual uh, acquisition people out there that need the sales training. You mm -hmm. see. So there's so much opportunity out there for you guys to actually reach and impact more lives. And you know, the money can just come secondary, you know? Absolutely. So uh, those are just some of my ideas for you guys. Um, with that being said, uh, here we go. Uh, with that being said, the last, uh, okay. Uh, rapid fire one minute who would benefit from this program who would benefit from this program absolutely anybody that's the beautiful thing about colors only is that we start a to z and i get this question all the time it's like uh hey is this for beginners i've done a good amount of deals are you gonna serve me and then i get the same question from beginners who are like hey i haven't closed my first deal is this for me and the great thing about colors only is like you know it's 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 go it goes in structured order so if you're a beginner like the first week and a half they're going to catch you up to speed mm -hmm. and then as like you start to hit weeks two and three you know these people who have already done a bunch of deals they start picking up on all our fire tactics when Love it comes it. to rapport building when it comes to negotiating when it comes to closing we've helped people get their first deals and we've had we help people set uh record-breaking months in their in their business love so it honestly anybody love yeah, it anybody. Okay, um, so CEOs that have acquisition reps, oh, um, you know, uh, oh, yeah, business owners that are one-man shows, uh, business people. owners that are a two, are uh, you know, they're in a partnership. Anybody out there that wants a higher conversion on their marketing, on their leads, correct? Especially yeah. the business owners. Uh, you guys invested into us early when you get when we first started. You know, you gave us the sales training that we needed, and look where we're at now. God, I mean, yeah, thank you God. know, the, the roles have changed. Now we're the masters. You're now teaching. we're educating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trust me, everyone, if you're not investing in your people, if you're a business owner and you're scared to invest money into the knowledge of one of your acquisitions, you know, unfortunately, you're kind of just hurting yourself and you're hurting that particular individual. Thank you. Go ahead. No. Okay. How can folks join your sales mentorship? 
You just send me or Adrian a DM. Uh, you can reach How do me. they? Uh, next question is where can folks reach out to you? How? I'm Facebook, Adrian Salgado, Facebook, Facebook. Andy Garcia. Nobody's on Facebook, man. There are people on Facebook. This is okay. on Facebook. <laughs> no, I'm saying like <laughs> people don't really people don't really no. DM people on Facebook. Yeah, I respond to everybody that messages me on Facebook. Okay, give me give me give me your give me your handles. Instagram Born Closer. Wolf, wolf of closing. closing. Right? Is it the Wolf of Closing or Wolf of Closing? Wolf of Closing. Wolf of Closing. And then it's uh Adrian at you can send it Adrian at closersonly.com. But uh, honestly, just send just send us a message on Instagram. That's best. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as long as you send us a direct message, you just let us know that you're interested. We'll give you everything you need to know, and uh, we'll be able to register. We actually have a close only six weeks starting next week. Uh, so for those of you guys who want to crush and dominate 2022, there's no better time than to get your people Love on the it. same page right now. There's only about 15 seats left in that one, by the way. We Let's, haven't really marketed it, but it's already yeah. packed out from people from the last one that have been waiting. People want more. Right? People want more. People come back for a second, Good for third, you guys. fourth time. Thank you, bro. So, Good for you guys. Um, yeah, we only we keep it small for that specific James, reason. James Simpson says, hey, uh, you know, post your reach outs here. I, I think Mr. James Simpson is definitely interested. And I, I can think of can you like drop our, our Instagram name in the comments for yeah me? for sure um we will and i can think of 15 we can probably fill those seats by the end of the week i can give you guys oh yeah yeah, yeah that would be great we start next week okay uh all right so with that being said outro um what's your advice out there for people anybody that you know and it can be general by the way it don't have to be sales oriented i just want you guys to give give you give give them an outro a headline some type of advice that could be life-changing and encouraging to people. Everyone, uh, believe in yourself. Uh, Boom, you know, I was, uh, like I said, I was working at Domino's in a call center before I started my journey in real estate. And uh, I never really saw it get, you know, getting to where it's at right now. But I know one thing about myself is that I was dedicated and I understood and I knew that it was a real possibility that if I understood how to communicate on the phone that I could make money. And honestly, dude, it's, it's crazy. Cause I, you know, at growing up when you're a kid, right? No one ever says, I want to be a salesman. When I grow up, I want to be a closer. When I grow up, no parent ever says, Hey, you should look at, you should look at a sales job when you're graduating high school. That's not ever the first option, <laughs> you know, but I learned that, you know, if you can communicate over the phone, you can make money. So with that said, sharpen your sales skills, be relentless, you know, persevere through whatever you're going through right now. Cause fast forward three to six months, if you're consistent, I promise you, you'll be in a completely different place. Yeah. And one thing that I can say is that you're about to embark. If you haven't already on a journey of ups and downs, right? Trials, tribulations, triumphs, uh, losses, you know, it's going to be a lot of, you know, just headache, stress, anxiety. It's the inevitable that comes with this business. Yep. So the thing that, that, actually kept me grounded was my faith right so if you guys if you guys whether it's doesn't matter what religion you are but if you have faith if you have faith knowing like everything that i'm gonna do from here on out is is in god's hands i just have to put the work in that ultimately is what led me to to more and more success to where now the stress and anxiety it comes for a short period of time but because i already know that this is part of the process my faith is strong and regardless of what happens i'm gonna get through this fire that's the mentality that i wake up every single day and if you don't have that mentality right now find a way to get that research read some books some mindset books things like that but find out how you can build that firm foundation to start building your company on okay what's the best sales book that you have you would have people read hmm. 
Oh man. Never split the difference? That's a good one. I'm not I'm not a huge reader. Shame on me. Okay. <laughs> Shame on me. <laughs> what about you? Uh best sales book I ever read. Um I think Never Split the Difference. Chris Voss, I believe. Chris right? Voss was a really, really good one. It talks about negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. Which is something that I think he was like a FBI or CIA dude. Yeah, you know, yeah. used to negotiate, negotiate people. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that I think alone the education in the book, but just the perspective of right, if you take this game as he would with the hostage, with the hostage negotiation yeah. where somebody is going to be a winner and somebody's going to be a loser someone's going to die yeah right if you take that mentality and you and you and you apply that to your everyday phone calls knowing like there's only two things that could happen on this phone call i close the seller or the seller closes me on not selling Boom. the property well episode 11 it's been real episode 11 is officially complete and uh, i just want to thank the both of you i think like i said man there's already people that were like yo where do i reach you uh, I think some lives are going to change because of this episode, and yeah, uh, so, and man. I can't wait to see it. Um, I think the next time that we do a podcast, which will be, uh, I would say, in the next 30 to 60 days, we should do live sales calls on the dope. podcast. That would be really right? dope. That would be super cool, Let's right? So with that being said, gentlemen, Thanks, love sir. you guys. Love, love you too, bro. Love Thank you, you for having us. We appreciate you. Uh, can we you guys give them, can you guys give well. them the usual closers only out, and then we'll finish the podcast? You guys spin it. You guys, yep. Closers only. Freaking out.